Patricia, my darling Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just droolin', Patricia, no foolin'. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my darling, Patricia, I can see all my dreams in your eyes. Your smile is as gay as a bright summer day. You're much fairer than Aaron's blue skies. Oh, Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love with you. Patricia, my lovely Patricia, you could make all my dreaming come true. My heart is just drooling, Patricia, no fooling. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. I'm falling in love. Hello everybody, it is Saturday night, only 9.40 in the evening, March the 4th, year 2017, I'm Walter Hughes, in beautiful Costa Mesa, California, near the beach, three miles away, yes, you can get out your Google Maps and say, where's Disneyland, and there's Walden, 20 minutes away, now, we go on the other side of the country, this lovely personality, she's miles and miles and miles away from Disney World, but she's where the mouse hangs out. Here she is, Patricia. Did I lose Patricia? No, I fooled you. Um, I fooled me too. I had I had the mute on. I'm busy making crackly sounds over here. So I thought, okay, I'll just shut it off for a minute and I could hear you, but... Unless I turn it off, you can't hear me. Hello. Hello. Happy Saturday. We're live, everybody. You can give us a call now at 714-545-2071. Did you miss Patricia? I did. (laughs) (laughs) But Patricia's been on the air. She's been talking to Robert Easton. It's only been almost seven years ago, but that's what what we interrupted. I checked in on that. 
Hello. Did we have a good time? Yeah, we did. Hi, everybody. Hello. It really is Saturday, and we were all on last night, and I am so confused because the day after I do a show with Walden, it's Sunday, but it's not because <laughs> we were on, on Friday, and today is, I am so con- I'm going to be messed up for the next week, Walden. I'll take full responsibility. I take full responsibility. Oh, you won't. I take full responsibility. How, how are you going to how 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 are you going to take responsibility for my messed up schedule? 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 Because I my love, messed up days. Because I love you, and I'll take full responsibility for everything that happened to you. I'll send you to my doctor's office. I'll, I'll send you now. to my care bears. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like I'm knocking on the door, and I I still have my bunny slippers on. <laughs> Not a good thing. Oh yes, it <clears> is. So. It's, you're adorable in your bunny slippers. Bunny slippers. Yeah, I really do have bunny slippers. Ah, that when you make mm-hmm. your mouth socks and your bunny slippers and. I have Snoopy socks. Okay, family, we need to get Patricia Mickey Mouse socks this year. That way she can alternate between a mouse and a puppy. Oh. You don't have kitty stuff, do you? I don't. And you're I have rabbits. Yeah. And you're a kitty. I have rabbits. And you're a kitty. Mm-hmm. You're a kitty kind of gal. I am a kitty person, yes. Yes, 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 yes. yes. I am so. Okay, now. Yes. When adorable was adorable, when she was a small adorable. (laughs) When I was just a little adorable, (laughs) yes. Yes. Okay, so I know kitty cat is her favorite pet of all time. Yeah. If you had to choose number two. If you, oh. if you could choose any other pet in the whole wide world to be number two behind Kitty Cat, what oh, would dear. you what would you have liked to adopt into your family? Oh my goodness, what a great question! Mm-hmm. Another kitty. You like a double kitty? There's two kitties. They, it, it's it's best to have two kitties. They need playmates, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Well, if uh, if you're not going to be home all day or most of the day, then they need a, a friend. And it would be nice to have a friend anyway. But let me think. I, I'm not crazy about birds. No. Goldfish would be okay, but that's not exactly a cuddly creature. <laughs> um, and and dogs, you know, a lot of people love dogs. I am scared to death of dogs. Yeah. Irrational. I know it's irrational, but if I see a, if I see a, a dog off a leash, I don't care if it's a chihuahua. I'm toast. I'm history. I'm back in the car. I, anywhere I am, I'm in. So how did you survive Barbara then for those two weeks? Well, you know, she's really got a very nice dog, and um, <laughs> it's, it's hard not to love back something that loves you. I mean, I, I didn't even get out of the car, and that dog was hopping around, hopping around, hopping around. He couldn't wait to say hello. And that was the first time. I had never even met him before. And, of course, this was this group exclamation points so it was fine barbara was there and you know it's her dog and that's fine but a dog i don't know or one that shows his teeth (laughs) (laughs) and i don't even know where it came from i i know it's irrational and not every single dog is going to jump up on my lap and bite my nose but it's just what is okay 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 did you have that kind of fear i mean you you're the first one until you got to a certain until you got out your you love what you like to call your stupid phase of your life. During your stupid, <laughs> your stupid days, yes. <laughs> During your stupid phase of your life, did you still have the same fear of, of dogs? 
I've got, yes. Ah, yes. okay. The cougar was fine. The bear was fine. The raccoons were fine. Everything was fine. Not dogs. Isn't that weird? Yeah. I mean, even the little wolves were fine. I sat down and waited for young wolves to come to me, and they were fine. I had no problem with them. Dogs just can't do it. Wow, that's interesting. I know. I know. Maybe I should be on someone's couch. Too expensive. Yes, it is. Yeah. I'd rather be afraid of dogs than just <laughs> stay away from them. You can't eat a psychiatrist out there. No. I, I, and, you know, I've made it this long in life without. I, I, I tr- As I say, I, I just have no idea where it came from. I've never been bitten by a dog. I've never been attacked by a dog. Okay. So, so when, when, you, when you get little kids, did the family mm-hmm. ever have a pet? No, we never did. Oh. Later on, my brother had a goldfish. Guess well, what he named it? Go ahead, you get three guesses. Guffy? No. Fish? No. Gold? Goldie? There you go, Goldie. Goldie. <laughs> <laughs> Can you I have a goldfish. What's your name, Goldie? Goldie. <laughs> I have a cat. What's your name, Kitty Cat? <laughs> we are so creative in my family. Anyway, so, I know you had a cat and you yeah, had bunnies. I've, I've had cats and dogs and hamsters and and rabbits and you know we, but we couldn't outdo the different neighbors that had a lot more variety of stuff than we did. But we really, had, oh yeah, oh yeah. Next I would like something that doesn't make a mess that I have to be responsible for, which is very difficult to do. You need a you need a cleanup cat. And I need a cleanup committee. Ah, you need a butler to take care of your cleanup. Of I need a butler. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Maybe Christopher Allen could come back and I, we could negotiate. We are live. We're going to have Jim Taylor at the top of the hour to give a book report on the publisher of Time, Harry Luce. And that will be an interesting book report he has for us at the top of the show. We'll put him on Skype, so you can call during when when uh, Jim is with us, if you like, at 714-545-2071. I hope you tune in last night's show. It was a lot of fun. From Taylor Hicks to John Laurie doing their trip to San Diego. And we had a, a good time. And thanks to Patricia for hanging out with me for almost three hours. So that was... Up and beyond a call of duty, and she did it again. <laughs> just, oh, it, no, it was fun. I had a good time with the three of you. It's just going to mess up my week. So one of you has to call me every single day this week and say, Patricia, it's Tuesday. Patricia, it's Wednesday. <laughs> you don't even have to have a conversation. Just remind me what day I'm working on. Uh, okay? sure. You better start with Monday because tomorrow is supposed to be Monday. I'm so messed up. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. 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 So you have a topic, a theme, anything you'd like to, to disclose to the family? Well, I, I, I was just going to ask if somebody could please come up with a theme, but I do have something that I would like to contribute in case we don't have a theme. We went through the entire month last month, the entire month of February, and I never said a word about Black History Month. And I felt terrible when I looked at the calendar and I thought, 
oh my goodness, I missed it. So I dug up, I didn't dig up, I came across, I actually looked for some information that we haven't had before, and I found a group, uh, some names of people who did marvelous accomplishments, and I thought it might be fun to just go through a list, and it's not a long one, but we can do that. And what started me on this, by the way, was Harriet Tubman, because of course she's going to be on our $10 bill when they're, you know, when they when they go out of. Eventually, bills are destroyed because they get crummy and crumbly. And right. when it's time to issue a new set of $10 bills, Harriet Tubman is going to be on them. So I did some reading about Harriet Tubman, and there is just no way to put that woman's life in a capsule. Um, she, she went through so much and gave back so much and helped 70 to 80 people get out of Maryland, which was a slave state, mm-hmm. and into freedom. She would go back and forth. I believe she made 19 trips. Wow. She was born and raised in Maryland and managed to, I'll say, escape because that's really what happened. Mm-hmm. And went north, and her entire family, her brothers her, her and sisters and mother and father, they were still back in Maryland, and she just wasn't going to let that happen. So she went back, and she took her brothers first, and, you know, just a couple at a time, got her entire family out, and then helped, oh gosh, it must have been 50 others to escape and come to freedom, come north and into free areas. So she was just a remarkable lady, absolutely remarkable lady. And she was recognized at the turn of the century. And 1948, there was even a ship named after her. It was christened the Harriet Tubman. So this is not a new person. It is a rediscovery for us. So many people said, I don't know, who's Harriet Tubman? So now we know, and she had a marvelous life, mar- mostly because she gave so much to other people, made her life so marvelous. But she was, uh, she was just broad spectrum. She was interested in everything. Um, was severely injured by one of the slave owners, and I mean severely injured, and um, she overcame that. So, when you have time, please go out and look. For some history of Harriet Tubman, I think you will be rewarded by a wonderful story about a wonderful woman. And my gosh, she belongs on the ten-dollar bill. So there. Amen. 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 Who else do you think is underrated? Uh, uh, that uh, of a fellow Black American who's given so much to our country. Who, who else is underrated? Well, we have, of course, the World War II veterans who the Tuskegee group ha- were airmen. They were flyers and took on all of the missions and are barely recognized, unless, especially if you live in the South. But, you know, gradually it's, it's becoming more and more visible. And I don't know why it took this long, but it did. And I'm, I'm just so happy that we're catching up here. But we, we really dropped the ball over the years. Um, there were black soldiers who served in all of the branches. Mm-hmm. Most of them were not recognized. And occasionally you would come across someone, or I would come across someone. I did a PBS. Yeah, PBS. It was television. Um National Public, yeah, right, okay, it was PBS. I did a special with uh, two former soldiers, both black men, 
And one was, let's see, I guess it was the admiral on the ship. And it was very unusual to have a black serviceman on a military ship. They just didn't. It was that time in our history where segregation was, it, it just ruled. And he was the service person, and he was like a butler. He was like Christopher Allen. He was the admiral's, uh, not the admiral, the captain's butler, and served his entire time aboard, uh, and it was a military ship, so, you know, they, they could get into some pretty big scraps. And he served his entire military duty on board a ship, which was quite remarkable, and I just loved talking with him. Um, the second person was a conscientious objector, so he never and and it was it was not a cop out. People say, "Oh, gee, conscientious objector, that's a cop out." And and for so many people, it it was just the way that they could reconcile wanting to serve the country and for religious reasons, personal reasons, whatever it was, they could not pick up a gun. They just could not pick up a gun. So many of them went into medical service. They were the guys out there with the stretchers and the, you know, uh, ministering to the soldiers who were down and never had to carry a gun. And that worked fine because certainly we needed them on the field as well. And others needed to stay back here to perform duties that resulted in, for example, supplies going over to Europe to keep our troops in Europe going. And so that, that was kind of an interesting spin because it, it's, not, it's not a person you would normally get to speak with and hear that side of the war. So I really had a great experience doing that. I mean, it was so diametrically different. And um, so that was good. That was good. I, I enjoyed that. And here I have a list of people I've never heard of before. And it's a shame because they were so accomplished. I mean, it doesn't make any – we have um, Native Americans, we have Chinese, we have Japanese, we have um, Native uh, – white Americans, um, black Americans, black people throughout the world. Everybody has groups of people who have been kind of overlooked or hidden away. So it's nice when I can go out and find people or the names of people and their accomplishments – people who have been overlooked for any reason and be able to say, let's, let's toss a light on these people. So I've got some. Well, there's one I'm thinking of who historically was like the first really recognized black gentleman who, and he did so much for America. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering who, if you, if you would, can think of who I'm thinking of. George Washington Carver. Very good. <laughs> he was a giant. Yeah. He was a giant yeah. in his time, um, and he still is. He yes. still is. He he did. Um, he created three hundred products or services or what? How, however, but most of them were were products and medications from peanuts. Yeah. Peanuts, and he had the vision to recognize the components and what the components of peanuts could be used for. It's just a remarkable man. Remarkable. Yeah, so, so he's the, he the, he the one I'm, uh, he the one I always think about, you know. Mhm. Mm yes. yes. And how many how many times do people talk about their good marshal? 
Well, once in a while, I mean, it, it's but it, you, since these shorts have stepped dead, you know, once these shorts was off the course, the, the Supreme Court, what, 10 years ago, you don't hear about, you don't hear his legacy talked mm -hmm. about as much. No. Of course, his, his big one is really the 1954, you know, Brown versus School Act, which sort of the thing to put him on the map. And then, mm -hmm. uh, but it's just a remarkable, remarkable. Yeah. Uh, contribution. Hello there. Hello there. You're on the air. Hello, you guys. Hi. So well, bad. who is this from Texas, might I ask? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, I wanted to mention, uh, I, I'm not sure, Patricia, you were on that night, but uh, I'm, Walden, I was telling Walden during the month of January, they had so many uh memorials and all that to World War One and yeah. two and so forth and so mm -hmm. on. And they had, oh, uh, oh, I can't think of his name right now. He was in charge of making all these propaganda films uh, to boost the, the Army and the Navy and all that. Uh -huh. And he wasn't getting any good scripts or anything that he really, really liked. And finally, he reached out to somebody in radio, and he did a beautiful propaganda film for black uh, soldiers and all that. It was set inside the church, and their pastor was talking to them, and they were all there with their families, and it was beautiful. Now, do you remember who did that? Uh, wow. Well, you and I were checking around the director. Which he did, I think... We this guy was George Stevens. No. And who, who was the film director of Capra. And I think we figured they... It was Capra. Capra didn't get any scripts in that he really liked. Right, and I think... And so, I when think they honored the uh, uh, black soldiers, sailors, and all that, they called on a radio person to do the film, and guess who it was? And I think we decided with Carlton E. Morris. Carlton E. Morris. Yeah. Isn't that yeah. interesting? Yep. Absolutely. And, and Harry Truman, when he became president, he was on board one of the big ships going to a meeting. And when everybody turned out on board, when he got on, uh, everybody saluted him, of course, the mm -hmm. president and all that. And he looked around and he said, where are all the black people? Yeah. And they were down below and they were not allowed to come on board. And right there at that minute, he said, we won't have anything going further. You go down and get everybody on this shipboard. And Harry was the one that fully integrated the service. He was the one that did that yeah. by 1950 or so. And then, of course, uh, I have to give him the highest credit of all was what LBJ gave them. Mm-hmm. What did he give him? Well, he gave him oh, the Civil Rights Act. The Civil yeah. Rights Act of 1964. He what? The Civil Rights Act of 1964. Yeah, the Civil Rights Act, because before that, you could serve in any branch of the armed forces and come back home and not be allowed to vote. Isn't that despicable? Yeah. I, I just, I mean, the struggles they've gone through. And Patricia, that's why I called because I'm so glad you you seem to have researched that subject. You know that's wonderful. 
Yeah. Well, I knew a little bit about Harriet Tubman because I did not know who she was when the announcement was you made didn't know for about the, the changes. Underground Railroad. I I did, and she was part of it. Um, but other than that, I mean, I just I had no idea who Harriet Tubman was. And when I started doing some reading about her, I thought, this is horrible. We do not talk about Harriet Tubman as one of the heroes in Black history, um, and you know, and that kind of stuff just uh-huh. it makes me ashamed that I don't know enough. Yeah about black history and the black people who contributed so incredibly to the evolution of this country. And so anyway, it's a joy for me when Black History Month comes around to go out and find some new information, and that's what I did today. Yeah, yeah. Now, I think if I'm not wrong, I could be wrong about this, but I believe there's a Harriet Tubman postage stamp. I think I'm right about that. You know, I think you are right. Yes, I'll have to look that up later when we get a break in between, and I will verify that. that. I think you're right. Yeah. I I think you are. You know, not the fault of our history classes. I remember when we studied the Underground Railroad, it might just be a footnote. I mean, we don't. I know. Exactly. We, We don't spend a lot of time on things like that. Mm-hmm. We, we knew a little bit about what was done, but not who the who, who? drivers yes. of this were. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, we've always got time in our history to rectify what's what's wrong and I think we'll I think there are a lot of people that'll keep doing that. But yeah. it was a real not struggle that, yeah. and during that time of World War Two, they were still having lynches, lynchings in Alabama and, and oh. all the southern states. Waco, mm-hmm. Waco, Texas used to be the lynching capital of the world. And, it's, you know, it's just been a struggle and a struggle and a struggle. But I'm so glad you brought this up, Patricia, because it's a good thing to think about. You Thank know, you. we get all upset uh, over everything all the time, and we forget to look back at our history and be proud of things that were done. Mm-hmm. Well, February just escaped me, and I really apologize for that. But um, maybe I'm catching up just a little bit tonight. <laughs> I think you are. I think you are. And Jim is going to do what? He's he, he, do he what coming on. He's going to do a book report. On the publisher of Time. Oh, Luce. Yep, uh, Harry Luce. Yep. Uh-huh. And so that's what that's what we're going to bring Jim on to talk about his book report. He just finished reading a big book. Well, so good. That's, that's what we're going to do. His, and so his glad wife. that he's doing better I all the too. time. Yes, yes. Wonderful. It was wonderful to hear him last week. And and, and when he called Moved me this every after, week. When he called me this I said, now, well, if I get a call, Jim, I said, well, hey, what's you? Don't worry. Well, I'll just take my time. I said, Jim, whatever, that's, you know. That's cute. We, just want, we want Jim on, and so this, this going to be a lot of fun. To see yeah, what he's well, talking. good. Mm-hmm. Well, other than that, I just continue on, Patricia, with all your uh, research. Well, first of all, so, uh, 
how you it feel. It really how, is a wonderful thing to do. How how are you feeling? How should give us a give you an update I am of the doing week. fine. I right. got released by my physical therapist, and uh, now I had the nurse come over yesterday, okay. and all my vital signs are good, but I'm still just a little bit stiff. But what happened is I broke that uh, the bone right where your hip line is, okay. your panty line is there. Okay. And the wonderful surgeon just went in there and put a screw in there and screwed my two bones back together. Mm-mm-mm. Isn't that unbelievable? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, uh, these artificial hip replacements and all that, they're a horrible thing to go through, but... Thank God, knock on wood, I didn't have to go through that. But, you know, and I just have a bare little mump, little bitty lump there, about the size of a small little bitty marble. And he said over time that would begin to go down, but that's where the screw is. Isn't that something? So are you going to have some physical therapy at home? Is that going to be... Oh, yes, I have to do that. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, and then for a while they had me with a walker, and then okay. I graduated to a cane. But now I don't have to use anything. True. Now, I have a two-story house, so, of course, I have to be careful on yep. the stairs yep. because that's where I got the injury in the first place. But other than that, like just walking on flat surfaces and everything now, thank goodness I don't have to use anything. So that's really wonderful. Well, I've been saying Patricia needs bubble wrap, so I think we'll put bubble wrap <laughs> on your stairs. So you can go buy the bubble wrap company. <laughs> Was that where you put, didn't you break your nose, Patricia? Oh, yeah, but that's not the <laughs> No, that's I mean, the least of my worries. Yeah, that was that was quite a while ahead. ago. Yeah, I fell off a step. I am so grateful. You know, it was one of those <laughs> two-inch lips at the end. You know, you walk out of the house and there's, you know, it's like not even a hallway, but kind of a little patio platform type thing. And most of them, you go right to the sidewalk. But I was looking into the sun, and there was a white sidewalk and a white platform, and a two-inch lip. And I, you know. <sighs> hit the lip and I just went down right on my face so yes oh, I, I am an entertainer you know, I, I, I decided I'm a one a one stop so shop oh that sounds oh, I know. on your face oh, I know. more painful yeah. than your hip I bet oh yeah. no, I mean, it wasn't too I bad I remember that a lot but um, I decided a long time ago that in my current position and condition I am a one stop shop for interns <laughs> You know, I could just go to I could go to a teaching hospital, and they all had all they have to do is go to one room, and they're cool. <laughs> oh me! Well, we're grateful that we're both better, and that makes it really That's wonderful. True. But I'm just so That's glad true. you're doing this kind of show tonight. And right now, I think of all the turmoil here in the United States. But you know what you're doing? That's exactly what we need to look at our history and be proud of it. Yes. Amen. I don't mean I love what it this was, but I love this country. To fix it. You know what I mean. We, mm-hmm. need, we, we want to celebrate the people that made their country great. Yes, that is a wonderful Indeed. thing to do. Indeed. And you know, it's, yeah. it's an accident. Well, I'll let you two go on and you go on and, and tell us about more people, Patricia. Go forth. I will go forth. 
All right, you too. All right, Shalash. Good night. Thank good you, night. Celeste. It's good to talk to you. Oh, good to talk to both of you. Same here, Shalash. Bye-bye. All right, we'll get Jim now. So let me go get him. Jaws Professional, Patricia from FL Hall Tab, Skype Trait Tab, Online Tab, Walden Hill Tab, Search Ed, Active, Favorite, Jim Taylor New Home, Applications, Contact, Send, Invite to Enter, Leaving Menus, Patricia Unloading, Jaw Cans, Oak, Enter. The home. Oh, um, that's right. I'm supposed to be saying that kind of stuff, aren't I? No, no. <laughs> I am so sorry. I get wound up in stuff, and I just kind of zone out. That's okay. <laughs> Is that I'm, you, I'm reading Jim? That's me. Hi, Jim. <laughs> Hello, me. Hi, Jim. This is Jim in California, our friend who survives everything. And I am so glad. Oh, Jim, I, I just, you know, I say this every time we talk, but we are so grateful that you are with us. And <laughs> stuff is Yeah, working. well, it's, we're making progress. You know, I got I'm the news. I'm so glad. This week, so this week, I passed my swallow test. Oh, right, Jim. <gasps> oh, wow. So we're pl- now the next move is planning when and where to get the feeding tube removed. I'm able to uh-huh. eat solid food, but I still have the tube connected to me Sure. just in case it's needed. Of course, of course. And my housemate helps me, you know, uh, clean it every day. Flush and, it, and, yeah. Uh, because it's you know one of those things where it has to be cleaned and filled with water and all of that. I'll just be glad sure. to get it off because it itches so much. Oh no! Are there any oh, lotion? Are there any lotion or cream you can yes. use? To yes, yes. She uses some cream. Okay. She uses yeah. some cream. Okay. That helps. Yeah. Well, I wanted and to mention to you the first the good news. I have my Wi-Fi connected now on the radio. Yes. Oh my goodness! All right. So I'm able to this listen to you again. We got to thank Nick for doing that. Nick has yeah. have helped out Radio once more. And this is a little gift that Nick gave to Jim. So thank you, Nick, for doing that. I just want to yes. give him a high five for that. Oh, indeed, indeed. Absolutely. He was one of the people who gave me a lot of support during the uh, my recovery. But I wanted to mention to you before I forget it, uh, Patricia, you might want to check out a excellent radio show dealing with the subject you were just talking about, called Destination Freedom. Ooh, boy, that sounds great. It ran on WMAQ in Chicago. It was it was an NBC show, but it wasn't on the whole NBC radio network, but it was on WMAQ, produced by a man named Richard Durham. It ran from 48 to, I think, 51 or 52. Mm-hmm. And it was a weekly program dealing with notable persons in black history. Wow. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Uh, they profiled modern people like Jackie Robinson and Nat King Cole, mm-hmm. but also people in the past. And um, at a t- for a brief time, Hugh Downs was the announcer that introduced the show. Wow. Ooh, and he was so good. <laughs> but it's an excellent series. I'm sure Walden's heard some of those, haven't you, Walden? Yeah. And Hugh Downs is still with us. I think he's in, living in Arizona. And, uh, boy, he's got to be in his 90s by now. But it's an excellent series, uh, Destination Freedom. <coughs> also, <coughs> there was an excellent CBS television series 
It only <coughs> lasted one season in the 19... 19- Excuse me, folks. That's okay. The 1963-64 season on Friday nights, it was called The Great Adventure. And it profiled people in American history. John Houseman produced it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richard Rogers wrote the theme music. Truly. Um, and uh, one of the episodes, my brother looked up The Great Adventure on YouTube, and I think three episodes have been posted. And one of them is the November 1st, 1963 episode called Go Home or Come Home Moses, and I believe it's about Harriet Tugman. I yes, believe Ruby yes, Dee's played you're right. Her nickname was Moses because she was escorting so many people to freedom. Right. And Ruby D, who we lost a few years ago, played her. Wow. wow. Uh, but you might want to check that out on, on YouTube. Look up Google The Great Adventure. Uh-huh. Well, and also, I'm... as I said, <clears throat> Destination Freedom. Um, mm-hmm. Excellent series. John Dunny okay. interviewed Richard Durham so that we have Richard's thoughts, too, about the series and everything. It's a, it's a fascinating interview that John did, too. Right. Mm. And it was, um, you know, it's a part of history. A lot of it gets ignored. Uh, I read a, a book on <coughs> Martin Luther King's last year, too, that was very good recently mm-hmm. uh, called... Uh, Death of a King, and but but I but I did the loose book because it was longer and it was. Uh, <clears throat> but you might be able to get the Death of a King as a commercial audio book. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Smiley, I believe, is the author's name. Interesting. But well, uh, yeah, Jim, you still sound like you have a pretty mean cough. There is is the and for our listeners, Jim was. Um, in a fire, uh, gosh, when, August? August 24th. August 24th, and inhaled mountains and clouds of smoke, and he is still getting cleared from that. So um, it sounds loose, and that means you're coughing it up. What is what it's is? It's beginning the... to be better. It used to, hardly any used to come up, but we're getting some more up now. Excellent. Excellent. It's just... <laughs> I don't like That'll to think about it. Yeah. When I think about what a close call I had this summer, it just kind of it oh. still shakes me up a little. It and I can understand why it shook us up. I can't imagine what it does to you. And but also, you're here yeah. and you're functional and you're getting better and we're so glad. So Well, I'm glad because believe me, I would miss yesterday USA and I'd miss a lot of things. Well, I don't even like to think about being I don't I don't even like to think about the alternative. Yes. I'm just glad yes. it didn't happen, and someone was looking out for me, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Okay. The book I'm going to discuss tonight is called The Publisher, Henry Luce and His American Century by Alan Brinkley. And it's D, for those who want the recording, it's DB73134. It's 531 pages, so it's a long book. Henry Luce was born in China in 1998. He was 1898. I'm sorry. He could grieve. It was 1998. It would really be 
So, um, <laughs> Remarkable. <laughs> yes. He was the son of missionaries. Uh-huh. Uh, his father was a missionary in China. Oh and he spent much much of his youth in China and became very attached to the Chinese people. Uh, when his parents were traveling in the United States, they visited in the early part of the 20th century. He was about 10 or 11, and they visited Chicago, and they met a woman named um, Mrs. McCormick. She was the widow of the famous agricultural farmer, uh, the person that invented the reefer, and, you know, some McCormick, his widow. Mm-hmm. She was so enamored of Henry Luce as a boy, she asked, his parents if she could adopt him she loved him that much they said no of course but they remained friends with the McCormick's and she would largest him through his youth (coughs) he visited different countries and different places Uh, his father was in the United States a lot to promote to raise funds for missionary work he um he visited Henry visited Egypt and other countries, and he, he wrote his parents that Egypt was utter chaos. He didn't think much of Egypt, and it wasn't an anti-Arab thing. It was just the culture of the whole region. So mm-hmm. people even then were complaining about the culture of the Middle East in the early part of the 20th century. Yeah. He, he, he attended a private boarding school in Connecticut as a high school uh, he he uh, later went to Yale, and he worked on the paper there. And he and a, he and a friend of his at Yale <clears throat> worked on a paper. And in 1923, they formed Time, the weekly news magazine. And Time, Henry always felt, should be devoted to different departments within uh, of American life. So he had a national mm-hmm. affairs section. An international affairs, religion, sports, entertainment, and a, the author, Mr. Brinkley, talked about time ease. You know how how time would write these short clip sentences. Mm-hmm. And of course, if you read Time, you, if you even heard the radio show, The March of Time, you know how Time did things. And he does talk about the creation of the March of Time on radio in 1931. Henry, he did it, but he wasn't really, he didn't really follow or had little to do with the radio series. It didn't make a real profit, but it had reasonable ratings. It lasted till 1945. He also did March of Time movies, you know, that were in the theaters every few weeks. He then created Fortune magazine in the early 30s, which was a business magazine. But the one he was really proud of was Life which began in 1936. And, of course, life's emphasis was pictures. There was text in life, but mm-hmm. the pictures on the life cover is what grabbed people's attention. And it could be photos from anywhere. He um, did that, that magazine, Time and Fortune. Newsweek came along in 1933, but it, it never could really catch up with Time um, he um, he support, he was basically Republican. He did like some Democrats. He supported Wendell Wilkie in 1940. He opposed the third term for FDR. <coughs> he uh, <coughs> was just <coughs> staunch supporter. <coughs> Hang on. 
of the Allies uh-huh. in World War II, he uh, Roosevelt imposed a travel ban on him, I guess, because he did some critical reports on Roosevelt. Um, I did not know that. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm sorry for interrupting. This is great okay. information. He um, he was um, he he reluctantly supported uh, uh, he, he, as I said he supported Wendell Wilkie. He didn't really like Thomas Dewey, but he supported him in 1944 and 48. After Roosevelt died, at first he had hopes for Harry Truman, but he soon became disenchanted with Truman. Part of this was because of all the problems in China. First of all, all the problems in World War II, the, the factions within China. He always felt the United States could have done more. And people have been debating this for years. Should we have done more to help Chiang Kai-shek in his fight with Mao Zedong? When Mao Zedong took over China, he always thought China had been lost, if not deliberately, through mismanagement of American policy. Um, he was not a fan of Senator Joseph McCarthy, though. While while Luce opposed communism, he thought it should be opposed on rational things and not just name-calling and mm-hmm. shooting from the hip. He supported Eisenhower in 1952. In 1954, oh, forgot this. He married a, he, he married a woman named Lila and had children by her, but then left Lila because he fell in love with the playwright Claire Booth, who wrote The Women and other plays. Mm-hmm. And he married her, and Claire Booth Luce later became a congresswoman. Uh, he was. They did not. It was not a successful marriage. She had affairs. He had affairs. Oh my goodness. She was. Yeah. Uh, in 1954, he created Sports Illustrated, which wow. took a few years to make money. But of course, Sports Illustrated later became a big successful magazine. Uh, he. He supported. Uh, he supported Nixon in 1960, but he liked JFK, was very upset when JFK was assassinated. He thought JFK was trying to turn the country the right direction, and he liked LBJ. He supported our commitment in Vietnam and Korea. He did not. He was not happy when President Truman dismissed General MacArthur. MacArthur was one of the men that Luce admired. He... Uh, he was. Uh, he didn't like television much. Hmm. He always thought that magazines and pictures did better than they did on television. Mm-hmm. Um, he. Um, oh, there's is there a connection problem there? No, no, we're fine. We're fine, Jim. I hear feedback. Okay. Uh-huh. He. Um, he and he was thinking of divorcing Claire Booth, but she never. He never did. Um, he retired from Time Incorporated in 1964. He did a television interview in 1966. He still supported, as I said, our commitment in Vietnam. Uh, he, he became ill in Arizona in early 1967. He went to the hospital. He watched an episode, a rerun of Perry Mason. He had had a heart attack earlier than he had other heart problems. He died February 28, 1967. Ironically, 
he died on the 50 years earlier to the day I was reading about it in the book, which was February 28th. Oh, my goodness. Um, he never finished his memoirs. Uh, he was hoping to write his memoirs, but it never developed. Time went through some rough times, Time Incorporated, after he died. Of course, Life eventually discontinued publication in December of 1972, uh, five years after Luce's death. Um, Time would later, Incorporated would later have People magazine, and of course it merged with Warner and other companies and various conglomerates as since. But he did have an impact on our country. He, I guess if you could sum, him, uh, sum his life up, he made people more aware of the news by publishing Time and Life, and, and, he, and he knew that the masses or the people of the United States wanted to be informed, and he made an all-out effort to inform them. And I would give the publisher four stars. Great. Wow. Well, did, you know, Jim, you just packed this with information. I did not know most of this. Uh, Claire Booth Luce, I, I, I knew a little bit about. Nothing about Henry, and my goodness, you fill in the blanks great. Can this was imagine, really super. Thank you. Can you imagine what he did in his life? Time, Life, Newsweek, Sports Illustrated, to launch all four of those magazines. Just one would be enough, mm. but he launched. Mm. Well, he didn't launch Newsweek, he launched Time. I thought you said it also did fortune. Newsweek, though. It was, oh, with Fortune. Fortune, you mentioned, yeah, too. Yeah, Fortune. Yeah. And Fortune is still even being sold today, I believe. So. Yeah, Life and Look. He didn't do Look, but Look and Look was a strong competitor of Life, and it's gone, yeah. too, now. So. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you made me sit up and take notice when you said both of them had affairs and the marriage was not good. My father would be flipping. <laughs> He used to talk about Claire Booth Luce and what a wonderful person she was and moral and upstanding and you know oh my gosh poor dad poor dad you know he he would well you know everybody everybody I guess has feet of clay I suppose oh yeah yeah well I mean you know he was um, he was just so passionate about everything he was interested in and people he admired but there were some things he would not tolerate (laughs) and that's one of them so. Yeah, well, at the end, he, he, he did write, you know, as I said, he 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 wrote very favorably of certain people and other people mm-hmm. he was not favorable of. Um, but he thought it was a moral, and, and of course, he believed that America should be the dominant nation in the world, hence yeah. the Ameri- he always talked about the American century, uh-huh. wrote articles like that. So that was, uh, Henry, that was Henry R. Luce. Well, if you think about it, uh, life and Sports Illustrated, wonderful mm-hmm. pictures. I mean, the, I as a kid, yes, those stood out. Those were so important to those magazines with the photographs. My dad mm-hmm. took Life for years mm-hmm. uh, as a subscription, and always enjoyed uh, the pictures. I, I guess it was just yeah, uh, yeah. Um, they generally had a policy of not putting a dead person on the cover when someone died. It was Henry's policy. Hmm. He did articles in tribute to them. Mm-hmm. Like even JFK, when he died, 
they put LBJ on the cover. He just felt you shouldn't put pictures of a dead yeah. person on the cover. Yeah. But when he died, Time did put him on the cover. And Luce died. I'm wondering what magazine today is still the bestseller. I have an I idea. Do people even read magazines anymore? I mean, so much of it is this Twitter stuff and all of that. Are people even reading? Well, I, I know think, Newsweek I, I discontinued. Think, yeah. I think there's one. I need to you didn't a few one. years ago. Mm-hmm. I think you didn't a few years ago news. Go ahead, Walden. I think there's one magazine that 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 the diehards still subscribe to, and I think Reader's it's Reader's Digest. Oh well, maybe. But I'm thinking because of the photographs, is what I'm thinking. Why people and and the in-depth articles. There's one I can think of that people yeah. still National Geographic. Yeah. Interesting. Well, you know, Newsweek. America is reading. Newsweek died a few years ago. It's full of pictures. It's full of um, Hollywood folks. It's full of, gee, guess who's having a baby next month? I mean, it is about as, for me, and I think for many people beyond 21, it is just a puddle. (laughs) Well, you know that Newsweek discontinued their hard copies a few years ago. I think you can get Newsweek online. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they have a hard copy anymore in the stores. So which one did you mention, Patricia, that beyond A21, is it People? People, people you know, Magazine. My mom gave up on People once she didn't recognize anybody. I did you know, I picked one up in the doctor's office one time. Why they're there, I don't know, but somebody must be reading. <laughs> oh, I need to tell you, I told Walden this last Sunday, my sister and my niece, well, my niece entered a lottery, an online lottery, and she won. <gasps> and they attended the Academy Awards last Sunday. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Was that part of the winning? That was the prize. They got to go to L.A. Oh, my to, to the Academy Awards. So did she report to you about how the event went and what she thought? Yeah, my sister told me everyone. They dressed in formal gowns. She uh-huh. sat in uh, a certain. They, they wanted to fill the seats, is what essentially it was for the cameras. Mm-hmm. And uh, she sat there, and my niece sat there. Well, they didn't really talk. They saw Denzel Washington and Faye Dunaway and all these people. And of course, she did talk about the snafu at the end. Oh about the my best. gosh! Wasn't that dreadful? Oh. It was. And, and it you was do him. know the other day, Price Waterhouse was let go, as and they've been doing the. Envelope since the 40s. Well, guess I what? Know, it was more guess, than 30 years. Mm-hmm. Guess, guess what? I read an article. I, occasionally I get the classic movie review from the LA Times, and I put it on Facebook. The LA Times is blaming themselves for the pa- for, for because they were the one that started in 1940. What happened? What happened in 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 the 1940s? Um, the Oscars used to give. The papers ahead of time, uh, who were going to win the awards? Oh my! And so they gave them to the paper that way they could be, you know, they could be the first one to release them in the in the morning edition. Well, one year in the early forties, the time misread the clock, and they came out with the edition while the stars were coming into the theater. So they. Oh. <laughs> Oh, that was a big one. For anyone who missed the Academy Awards, the best picture of the year was, um, what was it, Moon? 
Moonlight. I can't even remember. Moonlight. 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 That's that's what it was. And La La Land was announced as the winner. The people from La La Land, I don't know either of these movies, but there were only two that were in contention. And the director, the actors, the producer, everybody was up on stage. They were giving their speeches and saying thank you to everybody. And the director got a note that said, Moonshine, not you. There's been a mistake. He said, there's been a mistake. Yes, yes. And he was so gracious about it. He said, everybody, there's been a mistake. Moonshine, you won. And people sat around and thought, you know, some of these people have a weird sense of humor. And that's initially what they thought. It really was Moonshine. They read the wrong card. They were given a card that said La La Land, but with another name on it. However, because it was the end of the program and the announcement was going to be for the best movie to win the Academy Award, all they saw was La La Land on there and missed the name that was, you know, on the card, which wouldn't have made any difference. I mean, you know, somebody would have misread it. So, it, as I say, it was handled so graciously by the people who thought they won and were announced as winners and he just stepped forward and said, we didn't win, you did. And I thought, you know, how gracious can you be in such a horrible situation? And I, I'm just so impressed with that. Very much so. Well, my, they enjoyed going. My sister did. My niece did say, though, once is enough. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You've had it. Been there, done that. Send me a Coke. <laughs> That's cute. That's cute. What made her say that, Jim? I don't know. Maybe it was just, you know, all the crowds and things. Maybe uh, there was not uh, enough maybe there was not enough goodies in the goodie bag, what do you think? Who knows? <laughs> I forgot that everybody But they enjoy it. but they did enjoy going and my sister for years she's put on a, an Oscar party at her house. Where, oh, you know, so her friends really will go and watch T- they'll watch T V they'll watch the ceremony on T V. So she finally got a chance to attend this year, which I was so oh happy Oh, my for. gosh. Couldn't have picked a more perfect winner. <laughs> and I know it was her daughter who won, but, you know, I mean, that is that is just so cool. That's so cool. So when the, yeah. only, when the only time it leaked, the, the winner's too early, then that's when they decided to do the secret the secret envelope deal I, from that I point would think on. So. I mean, this, this is comparable to Dewey wins. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Anyway, it's happened. It's happened before. The, the article was mentioning one year Sammy Davis Jr. gave out the wrong word for some music act, but he was so quick. He said, I'm going to call the NCAA on everybody to make sure. I mean, you so quick-witted that he could come up with one-liners just to cover for the mistake, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it was a... There's been some interesting things, you know. You know, George C. Scott refused to accept the Oscar for Patton. Um, of course, you had the Indian Rando in, refused one too, but I can't remember. That's what right. He had that Indian girl, you know, uh, Shashin Littlefeather. Right, in about seventy-three. Then and he it, had the streaker that walked on the stage in seventy-four. Yeah, and then there's somebody was making a anti-Vietnam statement. And behind the curtain, Bob Hope and Frank Sinatra wrote a statement saying, you know, saying that there was other opinions besides the one that was just expressed. And Sinatra mm-hmm. read that one in front of the public. So it's just a lot of things have happened over the years because of yeah. the Oscars. Yeah. yeah. 
more entertainment than you expected. Indeed, indeed. We so, have a street up there. So, well, so I'm glad you, like I say, four stars for the publisher. That is great. That is great. You really picked a winner on that one. Thank you so much. So what books are you working on now, Jim? Well, right now I'm waiting to get my next one. I've wow. ordered a few. One of them that's coming that I'm going to be doing is a biography of Theodore Roosevelt. And one one that's coming, there may be a fiction novel I'll do a review of. And I'm going to do one, if I can get it, by Nathan Miller called Star Spangled Men, America's Ten Worst Presidents. Again, that's in his opinion. <laughs> And you realize that's subjective. You realize that's subjective, and and this is his opinion. Of course. Those are the kinds of reviews or even magazine articles that make people stand up and jump around and say, ah, that's not true, that's not true. So they're they're fun sometimes, as long as as it doesn't stretch over into political beliefs or, you know, you can say – Something like this president was wonderful because he signed this particular bill, and that's fine. That's fine. But um, oh my goodness! Well, a lot of it has to do with how effective. I know when the historians rate presidents, a lot uh-huh. of it's based on different criteria: moral character, performance sure. in office, accomplishments. Mm-hmm. I know that um, so far, three always make the list, and they are Lincoln, Washington, and FDR. Always are the top three, or they generally been. The top three. Okay, when you were talking about worst presidents, I thought, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> no, I mean, like when historians rate presidents. Yeah. Again, this is this one author that's going to write the, his ten. And, and yeah. but, they like to wait about 50 years since somebody's been in mm-hmm. out of office. In yeah, and I think that's, that's reasonable. But <laughs> this is comparable to the awful show. Yeah. By the way, what did you do last night? I didn't. I didn't get connected yesterday. What was no, the awful show last night? I listened to. I listened to it. And I. I thought it was a fun show. She did. Larry we ran. No, 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 no from nowhere. Oh, oh no, okay. Yeah. No, yeah. no, no from nowhere. I think I like to hear more of that series. I think that it was, there was just one of them, Patricia. That it, it, it was. It was interesting. What did I say about it? That it was terrible because of the acting. That wouldn't have been right. That was well, it was one of Frank and Ann Hummert shows. Yeah. And I, and yeah. I, I, I did that one years ago. That was four, a rerun. Yep, yeah. for Bond. I did not know. It was about 1950. And it was set in Hollywood. Sponsored by Babo. Yes. And one of the actors in it on the episode that Ron and I heard, one of the supporting actors was the same actor who played Mike Clancy on Mr. Keene. Oh, my goodness. Uh, oh my god. Yeah, the father of, of no 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 it definitely had the Irish blogue going. And Carl Weber played played on that show Correct. too. Correct. Who he was did. later Doctor Six Gun. Correct. Ford anyway, mm-hmm. Bond to me had the perfect voice for soap operas. Well he, he was on he, Backstage Wife. Yep. He, he was credited, on uh, He was credited for having the whole uh, the narrator for the longest running commercial show for over 30 years. What show was that, Jim? Uh, city Service? Yes. The City Service? You're absolutely Band right. Band of America? You're, you're absolutely right, Jim. Yeah. The City Service show. He was the, the voice announcer for that for over 30 years. And, and he also announced, he announced uh, 
Laura Lawton. Yep. Uh, he announced. Um, and in the uh, in the fifties, he wound up moving out of the United States and selling real estate. No. Really? Yes. I Where did he move to? Uh, it's, it's a Wikipedia. There's now a Wikipedia page on Fort Bond, and I found it, and I was just amazed that what a, such a successful announcing career he decided to pull up stakes. <laughs> well, he was so perfect on. He was so perfect on backstage wife. I mean, he was just perfect on that show. And it's an, uh, you know, just a great voice from the 20s into the 50s. Well, he and... What uh, contributed to his success as a real estate person? Probably. It's so much easier to believe a person who has a robust, sophisticated voice. Well, Arthur Godfrey said once that he learned the technique of how to promote a product from sales door-to-door salesmen long before he ever entered radio. Hmm. He observed door-to-door salesmen. And <coughs> Hang on. I have, said, a tri- I have a trivia question. What of the there's, – there's a – he's now gone now. One of the most successful, wealthiest businessmen in United States history who wound up owning a pro football team, a basketball team, and a hockey team, started his fortune in the 1930s selling door-to-door, door-to-door encyclopedias. Can you imagine trying to create your fortune selling, selling door-to-door encyclopedias in the heights of the Great Skipper Depression? Skipper McGee did. Skipper who was McGee did. I, I just, I, who? Skipper McGee did. Skipper did. But somebody <laughs> asked, somebody actually <laughs> built yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Somebody Who are you thinking of, Walt, and I, I just owned, haven't got... Well, it couldn't have... Not Gene Autry. He, no. he owned baseball. No, no. It was, it was a guy who wound up owning the L.A. Kings, the L.A. Lakers, and the Washington Redskins. Jack Kent Cook? Yes. Jack Kent Cook started his career selling encyclopedias door-to-door in the 30s. Wow. You have to long to talk convincingly when you're selling encyclopedias. No, seriously. I mean, you have to get the door slammed in your face by customers. You have have people saying, no, thank you. I have to put corn on the cob on the table tonight. And that's, (laughs) that's more important than than an encyclopedia for my kids. You got to feed them first. Uh, It makes you wonder wonder how they sold those things. They have to do it by installment plan. I mean, how could you, how could a family afford in the thirties to buy one of those? Well, that's one reason I'm sure. I'm that sure that's one reason that Information Please gave those encyclopedias away as prizes. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. They Didn't did. they give encyclopedias away? Yeah, mm-hmm. they did. They did. They even created their own encyclopedia later. And, called the, and I think it's still being sold, the Information Please Encyclopedia. Please Almanac. You're right. Yeah, I got one for my dad in 1977 for Christmas. Wow. So it was still around in the 70s. Hmm. Uh, the, the only way I, I now, what year was this that he was out selling encyclopedias? Right during the Great Depression in the thirties, throughout the thirties. Okay, the, and I thought that's what you said. Yeah. And as my brain says the only way that they could have done that is to sell one book at a time. You buy A this month, you buy B next month, yeah. and you keep going, and you'll have your children a wonderful resource of information. <laughs> then, you know, people. Well. Yeah. well I have to go in just a minute because of my throat, but I just want to say, 
It's been a pleasure. You too, Jim. It has been uh, remember, well, remember, Patricia, check out Destination Freedom okay. and I check out that episode of The Great Adventure. I wrote it down. Okay. I did. <laughs> thank <laughs> you again. Talk to you too, Jim. Thank you, Jim, and thanks for thank a you. great review. Bye-bye. Thank you. Talk to you later. All right, Jim. Bye-bye. That's our friend Jim Taylor. The phone lines are open at 714-545-2071. So let's so stop. If somebody bought A and didn't buy any other volumes, I guess they just wound up with one book. They they would know a lot about aardvarks. <laughs> uh, you think you think would be willing to break up a set? Yes, wow. I think the salesman would. I think the salesman would, and I don't know how they, how the encyclopedia publishers got the encyclopedia into the hands of a salesperson. I don't know if the salesperson had to buy them and then resell. And if that were the case, it would be exceptionally easy for someone to offer one book at a time and replace one book at a time if it didn't go anywhere. If somebody only bought A or B, they could contact the company and say, uh, I'm missing two books, would you, would you sell them back to me? And in the meantime, it would have gotten paid for them, so he wouldn't be out anything. I don't know. I was just thinking of interesting. I was just thinking about other door-to-door salesmen. I wonder when the four brushmen's short crate occupation sort of just fade away. That I means- know. I think of that every once in a while. How many and the bakeries used to go door to door, and the the milkmen used to go knocking on doors not only to collect yeah. for the deliveries but new new doors to encourage customers. So they were a bit of everything. My gosh. And we sit here in front of computers and complain. <laughs> hello, mm. you're on with Patricia. Uh, hello. This is what magazine are you reading? What magazine are you reading? This is Fred in Vermont, our our Saturday night entertainment committee. How are you doing? I'm doing great. And to answer your question, Walter, I read Sports Illustrated. Good. Smithsonian. Hey. Editor's Digest regularly. How Good about, on you. How, I get some. I'm sorry. Is, what I used to see, Smithsonian, that was such an impressive magazine. It was so mm-hmm. thick. And I still is. Is it yeah. coming out quarterly? I'm trying to remember. Is, is it once a month or is it quarterly? Well, I can go back. Like 10 times a it? year. It, it's a monthly, but it's not. I don't know. Okay. So for the, it, during the summer, you might get June and July, and then August and September as a combined issue. Yeah. Yeah, that would be it. I'll have to go back and look for some information. They've got – Smithsonian has uh, an, an email delivery, and I get it every day, and there it contains at least half a dozen links to interesting stories, and I always read at least one, sometimes three. They are really good. Yeah, and, I, and, I, and there's something that I, I to this day have a hard time reading off screen for any length of time. Uh, yeah. If I if I find an article on the, on the internet that I like and it's of any extensive length at all, I tend to print mm-hmm. it out. I just, just oh think gosh, that's a good idea. I I usually copy and paste onto a word document and split it up that way. That's a yeah. great idea. The problem with printing is, you know, you go through a lot of ink, but it's... Yeah. I don't know, something yeah. about reading it, 
hard copy as opposed to off a screen. And that's interesting. I would rather read on the computer. You know, like like Sports Illustrated has, uh, I mean, they all have online stuff. Right. They all have online versions of their magazines. You think, you think, Mm -hmm. you think, have they figured a way to make that profitable, though, the online version? You think that's now a moneymaker for magazines, or is it still testing the water? Uh, With some... With some of them, I, you I pay a month fee. Like I pay fifteen dollars a month for for um, t- the New York Times, and there are many other websites that will give you ten ten looks for free, and then you have to start paying. And I used to squeeze it out and say, "Okay, I'll get ten ten articles this place, and I'll do ten articles that place." But um, the the reason is that the online are, they're just not making money. The well, advertisers are backing out. They're not getting the response that they used to. You so. can't get, the, the online content is free, but it's only accessible to subscribers to the magazine. Oh, that's Time. Yeah, Time well, magazine does that. Sports Illustrated does the same thing, yeah. You know, so you know you, how to you, get you, around you, that? You, I haven't tried it yet, but I hope it works. You get, you, you <laughs> My doctor's and office and is a wealth of information, and they get Time magazine, and I just tear off the little label at the bottom that, that has their address and their uh, subscription number. So I'm I'm going to try it. I hope it doesn't need a password, just the number. Isn't that all? Oh, I, I should feel creepy about that, shouldn't I? No, I shouldn't. Nobody in there would ever go up online to read it. No, you're supporting, you're supporting the doctor's office. You're, you're helping them out. How? I'm using their, <laughs> their information. <laughs> I like the way you think, Walt. <laughs> I just love it. Well, just you can say, you, you can say you, when the next time you go see the doctor, do you know what I read thanks to your thing to your magazine in the lobby? This is what I've learned. So I thought I'd give you a quick recap of what I've read online. Oh, oh, I can do an article review. Yes. How cool. Yeah. yeah. Now, Sports Illustrated, um, on the online, is it still has a lot of photos and things, or do they trim that down? Uh, they have photos, but they have more video stuff. Do they uh, still have the bathing have, suit or the, the whatever it is? They have, they have a new feature that came out. They have all these different features, like Monday Night, quarter, Monday Night Quarterback, uh, uh, you know, different types of, like, like, like the news magazine. Right. Monthly or weekly department type stuff. Right. And they come up with different things. There's one thing that I do enjoy. I don't do a lot of the online. I still, I'm mostly the print guy. Um, and I've been getting Sports Illustrated for, oh, God. I, I've been getting Sports Illustrated off and on, but I've probably gotten it for in my wife probably 30 years, maybe 40 years. Right. Worth of subscriptions. Yes, because uh, they still have the swimsuit issue. They still Oh, well, I just came out. Thank you. I was waiting for an answer. Yeah. That's a guy thing. We do know that. A lot of people don't like it um, because they don't figure it's... And it's not. It's not the usual sports no. thing. It's, no, it's not a Playboy thing. When you subscribe, you can get... You can, you can choose not to get the swimsuit issue. Really? You get an extra issue. But heavens, why don't they just tear it out? What's that? Well, if you don't want to see it, tear it out and toss it. Well, so you can pay for a certain number of issues. 
Yeah. So when I, I subscribe, I pay for 52 issues, let's say. And I don't want the swimsuit issue because I don't like it. Yeah. They'll give me an extra issue. And not oh, okay. All right, I see. Okay, all right. So I'll allow you to do that. There. They have something, they have one thing I mind. I, I, I think it's fascinating. It's uh, uh, it's called SI, it's called crime, crime and crime and punishment or crime and something. It's about ex players or ex athletes. Oh, okay. Who, who got in trouble with law? Yeah. Um, there are a lot of them. There are. I mean, they have enough time to mm-hmm. story every week. Yeah, they're out there. There's a lot of them out there. Um, the first one they did to kick it off, you, you being a baseball fan, probably remember this story. They they did the Rob Before story. The Rob Before? Rob Before. He was a. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, Montreal. Started, he came from prison. <gasps> what did he do? Yeah. yeah. What did he do? So, what fact, bad thing did he do? Playing prison baseball. What did he, Patricia? I know. What did he get caught for? Uh, I think it was an armed robbery. I think. I think you're right. Oh my! <laughs> so many years ago. Yes, that certainly him. does warrant prison time. There's, there's a movie out there. in the seventies on him uh, and his whole life. Well, remember uh, Denny, Denny McLean wound up in jail. Uh, yep. You know, according oh, to thirty. Oh yeah, there's. A, the last 30 game one in baseball. Um, yeah. Yeah, I try to remember. What's the mm-hmm. last one I read? Uh, oh, gosh. Who was the key? Who was the famous? Who was the quarterback from Ohio State that uh, was basically defrauding people because he had a gambling issue? Uh, oh, yeah. I know who you're talking about, too. Keith? Keith or um, something? I can't remember his name either. Yeah. What did they do uh, to Pete Rose? Well, yeah, there's a lot of them. Well, a lot Pete, of ex-athletes, yeah, especially Pete, Pete guys who... Pete wound uh, up winning. Oh, the guy that ended up... Uh, oh, man, I can't remember his name either. He he ended up with uh, issues with drinking, and then he was... Uh, a chauffeur ended up getting killed in his house. Shot. Mm-hmm. Pete Rose uh, spent a couple months for tax evasion, I think it was, for uh, for was it signing or not not reporting. Not reporting oh, yeah. 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 You yeah. know what you know you know what he's doing now? Pete Rose? Yes. Uh, he's still doing the same type of stuff. He's a new spokesperson for an insurance company this week. Oh, okay. <laughs> the all-time hit leader. This, this what the insurance company used to get. We'll keep you out of jail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or pay your bond or something. Yeah, what kind of insurance was it? The best Pete Rose story I ever heard. I think, I was, I think it was health insurance or whatever. Too. Yeah. It's how they would not let him, they won't let him into the Hall of Fame. So he, he goes out right. of Cooperstown the week of the Hall of Fame inductions 
and, and I don't know if you ever been to Cooperstown, but that whole that whole Plaza, yeah, is full of baseball memorabilia shops. It, it's like it's like a you got the museum here, and then you got all these private, independent, like card shops and memorabilia mm-hmm. and, and all those types of stores. And he'd go hire himself out to one of the owners, sit outside, and and do the Hall of Fame week <laughs> and sign autographs. Oh gosh! <laughs> kind of like oh, having, oh gosh! He's an operator, no matter how you look at him. The last I heard, all the people at my table. Yeah, the last I heard about Pete before this insurance thing this week, he was he was work, he was living in Las Vegas, and he was taking one or two hours a day, and all he was dying signing with bats and balls. And we just make yeah. it. He was making six uh, figures a year, just putting his oh, name yeah, on money doing it. <laughs> yeah. We, he, Are we to the know. point yet, Walden, that we could sell autographs? Of course. What are you gonna write? The adorable one? You know what? <laughs> 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 oh no, I don't think so. I don't think so. They would want to know who I am, though, huh? No. I mean, you, you, you. Your mystique is so large I'm now. A, I'm Madonna, yeah. Your, your mystique is so large. I mean, would you just write Patricia? Sure. How, how would you sign your your autographed baseballs? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I do I not participate in sports, Patricia. <laughs> <laughs> I do not talk sports. How's that one? I was, no. Well, I don't remember this quarterback that I'm talking about. I think he was a quarterback. Maybe he wasn't even a quarterback. He was. I can't believe you don't know the story I'm talking about, Walden. Yeah. I'm, I want to say Keith. Keith. He was, he, he was a big party at his house. And a chauffeur ended up. His chauffeur ended up getting killed. Huh. How and why? Yeah, well, and what happened, it came out later, he tried to get everybody in the party to say that the chauffeur shot himself by accident. Oh, I think it was a basketball player. It was a basketball player, yeah. Yeah, 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 it was a basketball player. And it wasn't too well, long ago, he was in the NBA. opportunity here. Um, and he really got into alcohol and stuff. I come to find out, he had to get out, was showing it off, and it went off. Baloney. That's the story that came out. Baloney. He didn't, he didn't, I don't think, I think he didn't talk for manslaughter, though. Um, but it, it accidentally killed the chauffeur. Yeah. Look Look here, the gun isn't loaded. Yeah, exactly. What a little deal. Well, I remember Bob Knight went, shoot, went hunting and he shot one of his companions. Oh, uh, that, that never surprised me, though. Bob Knight was crazy. <laughs> You wouldn't throw shit across the uh, court, Fred? I wanted it in there, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh, I, well, Do you know we're talking at them? I said no more until next year's Super Bowl? We're talking about temperament, Patricia. We are. Uh, uh, Tony. I swear to God. I swear to God. And I'm participating. What did they do to Pete Rose? Good grief. We're playing. We're playing in the championship game. Uh-huh. <laughs> and this kid, okay, I'll go get coffee. When you're finished, <laughs> I'll come back. Okay. Well, take two seconds. I swear to God. I'm, I'm I listening. I it's okay. I'm listening. He's, he's out there in his pants. His hands in his pants pocket. 
hands are not coming out of his pockets. And he's sitting watching the game from the court. And so we called a timeout, and I felt, I felt so bad. He comes over, comes over to the huddle, and I just said, Jason, you know, you got you got to take your hands out of your pockets and you got to start playing. And all of a sudden, the tears just start rolling. Just rolling. Like I yelled at him or something. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. And I was like, wow. You know, and, and, and it was like, I didn't, oh, that's all I said, exactly how I said it. That's how I just said it to you on the air. And this kid just lost it. He went back out, and he, and he took his hands out of his pocket, so I guess it, it worked. Right. But I couldn't believe it. Like, wow, you know, if I can't coach you with that little instruction, you know, maybe you gotta think about not playing basketball because if it's not, but if it's if, if it's if he's that way in basketball, I can't imagine he's not that way all the time. So how do you correct the kid? I, I don't know. I mean, I, and I've worked with kids my whole life. Well, it makes you wonder. You know, it makes you wonder when a kid has that reaction to something going on at home that's affecting his I mean, emotion. He could. I mean, he's. He's, he's a very shy kid, and he's right. not welcome within the group at all. I mean, I tried to get him involved in the group and stuff. And I was hoping that he could do it through basketball. And he's had some good, he had some really good days for me. Um, but I I was like, wow. Yeah, I've worked with kids my whole life. And, you know, and, and I understood certain kids, you can't yell at them. They don't respond well to it. But I didn't yell at them. But I've never had a kid who just lost it because you were just correcting him. You know, I mean, I, I've never had that happen. Yeah, it makes I, you just wonder. Was, like, it makes you wonder if he was just going through some some emotional issues at the moment and he just tipped over. But it could be, I guess. I, I don't know. Um, uh, it, just, it, it, it just seems so... And this, I don't know. It doesn't really seem like he's very healthy emotionally to me. It, it, it really scared me in a way. Um, because how do you... I mean, it, it's not that basketball and pants in your pocket are that important, they're not. But other things are that you're going to have to correct this kid on. You can't let a kid do what he wants to do. Yeah. You know, they have to be corrected one way or another. And and if he's gonna lose it every time we correct him I I don't know. I, I was like, Well, I don't have to do it, so uh, I did my job but and then he was fine. Like after. I mean he went back out, he took his hands out of his pocket, he started playing. And he was pretty great. <laughs> He came back off smiling, so I, it was. I mean, it was just, it was just weird. Yeah. yeah, it was just weird. It was an awful, you know, big range of emotions in such a quick amount of time. Let me ask you, Fred. What's that? How would you have felt as a basketball coach in high school if you cut Michael Jordan? If I cut Michael Jordan? Uh huh. Remember, he got cut 
yeah, didn't make yeah, a high school team and got it. cut. So how would you now if he'd gone on to the career he had, how would you have felt being a high school coach that would have cut Michael Jordan? Probably an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I feel I, I get that feeling all the time. I've said this before, if if you're weak if if you're the type of person that needs constant petting of the ego uh-huh. A coach is not. A coach is not. You're, you should not be a coach. Right. I'm but leaning the, towards it, Walden it, on this one. Like, that it, it, it was like just does. the last draw. That he had stuff going on, and um, you know, it, it just had a terrible day. Maybe his father was telling him, "Take your hands out of your pocket and get out there and play," but not as kindly as you. But it reminded him of his dad. I, I mean, that's just a supposition on my part but when you get that kind of a reaction from a kid who's on a team wow something else is going on in his life i think walton is right yes and is happening because it's not normal i mean that's just not normal they do it like i said i mean i've known i can read kids pretty good and i know there's certain kids you can you can like you can talk a little bit harder to them to get him to react, to get him to respond. And other kids just can't. And I knew that you couldn't with this kid. I mean, I knew that right from the get-go. Do they ever have... He's not going to respond to me screaming at him, so I didn't. Yeah. You know, but it was like, wow. In order to go get your coaching certificate, do you, ha- do you ever have to take psychology classes or anything just to study the kid's emotion or how to deal with somebody's raw emotions? Unfortunately, no. I mean, I've, I've got that kind of training for teaching mm-hmm. to a degree. Okay. So I've, I've got, and plus I've worked with kids my whole life. I mean, I've worked with kids who uh, um, were in trouble a lot. I've worked with kids who've been abused. So I've seen all that. You know, I've seen the anger. What's the hardest that. kid to reach? Is the ones that gone through abuse? Oh, that, yeah. That, yeah. that guy be the toughest. Sexually abused, who've been beaten, um, been abandoned, I mean, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I worked with, but the best job I ever had was, uh, I, unfortunately, it didn't pay well. Was when I worked for a group called, I think they're still around, Ecker Family Youth Alternatives. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I was referring to Drugs. They're pretty big down south. I mean, okay. You probably have extra drugs before us, though, if you treasure. Yeah, I think I have. I, I, I think it's, I think a lot of cases, maybe on the West Coast, we have them under a different name, but I think I I have heard of them, yeah. Yeah, they were big at one time in the, in the uh, 80s, I think. But anyway, he, he started a foundation um, called Eckerd Family Youth Alternatives, and they ran... 13 camps along the East Coast and two youth detention centers, which are basically youth lockups. Um, and the camps were, uh, they were, they were basically the last straw. It was either there or a youth lockup for the kid. Uh-huh. So a lot of these kids, where you know, the judge they ordered them there. So you, know, you can either go to camp for a year and learn some skills, or you can go to lockup. So, um, 
so yeah, like I said, a lot of these kids were just there was they just had all kinds of issues going on. Um, and I and I, uh, I I I loved that job. I had it for six years, eight years. My phone's still on. Yep, I'm here. I think we lost Patricia. I'm just double checking. Just make sure. Okay. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna call her so stand by for it. Okay. Jaws Professional Patricia from FL Tab, Skype Trade Tab, Online Tab, Walden Tab, Search Active Favorite. Jim Taylor Patricia from FL Home for applications. Consent. Invite to enter. Leaving menus. Patricia unloading jock hands. Oh, enter. It definitely takes a certain person. My Hello there. It was my fault. That's okay. We heard crunch crunch. But that's okay. I did. I could blame it on a lot of things, but. Glad you're back, Patricia. Yeah, we'd love to have you back on your show. Thank you. This is something I will never forget. There was this one girl, and she was like 50, and she acted all tough. Ever since she got into camp, she was just tough for her. I fell right in love with her. Uh, acted all tough, especially towards her family, her, her mom, um, and the whole bit. I don't need them. Who needs them? And chip, chip, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I'm my own person. I can make it by myself. And this is a... They used to have parent days where the, the, the mothers would come up, the fathers would come up, and the kids would show them their campsites and stuff. And they'd spend the day, well, the parents would spend the day with the kid. And, uh, oh, oh, God, I'll never forget this. I'm just, I want to start crying talking about it. But I can remember going into her group one day. I used to go in and do math class with the group. I used to do tutoring. And I tutored her. She was one of my kids. And she came in all excited. My mom's coming. My mom, this was like a week away. My mom's coming for family day. My mom, you gotta you, you meet my mom. You gotta meet my mom, Mr. P. That's they used to call me Mr. P. <laughs> and, uh, and all week she was talking about it. Oh, just, uh, just a different kid. A totally different kid. And then I can remember going into, coming back from the woods for lunch break on the day that the parents were showing up. And we oh. had this lounge area. And it's uh, where all the adults, everybody smoked, they ate, staff ate. It was a smoking room, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I went in there to have a cigarette, and they had her in there, and she was at the table bawling her eyes out. Oh, my. Bob didn't show. Ugh. Bob didn't call. Just another example of, and, and she'd gone through this over and over and over in her life. I mean, it's just Bob just shitting on her. And um, uh, I, I just broke. I just, <laughs> I wanted to just hug her, but she wouldn't, yeah, I couldn't do that. It wasn't appropriate. I wanted mm -hmm. to. Well, she, you know, and, and she had chief was there with her. The chief was giving her that. The chief was like their counselor, and she was giving her, you know, hugs and stuff she needed. But I, I and then the next day, the walls were back up. Mm -hmm. I don't need that bitch anyway. The hell with her, you know. Oh. All that crap was back. 
Walden, help me here. <laughs> What's that? Walden, are you there? I am. I, I'm just. Okay. I'm just sharing Fred telling such a touching story. Yeah. It, it's just a heartbreaker. Yeah. Just a heartbreaker. So. Yeah, and that that will be for. Well, I'm just saying I've dealt with kids that have had that emotion, you yeah. know, and I've seen it. Um. But yeah, that's. I think today, like I said, I think you're right. And that's what freaked me out. I think there's a little more going on. under my blankie. <laughs> good night, everybody. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Fantastic. I think we're back up now, though. Yeah, we're, oh, well, though. We're only at four right now. Mm-hmm. 
I got an email from Tom in upstate New York, and it's two degrees right now, and it's dropping. It's about degrees last Thursday, and then it dropped yesterday, and then today it dropped down to 13, like I said. Tomorrow's, and then it's supposed to be, I think, I think it's supposed to get to five below tonight. And then it's supposed to get up to 25 above tomorrow. And then back up to the 50s on Monday. So, in my fantasy, I have the heater on and maybe 60 degrees. Am I, my fantasy, what do you think? Uh, was it 60 degrees? <laughs> Are you, 60 degrees, I have the windows open. <laughs> I, well. got, I got the heater on and it's 60 degrees probably outside right now and I got the heater on. Oh my I, God. I must I must be unwell because it said 80 degrees out there today, uh-huh. and I was under my blanket. <laughs> That's why I we was. Have a crisis, you people out in the freaking West Coast. Well, um, I would do well in a rainforest. <laughs> I would do well in a rainforest. Well, I, guess it's, oh. I, I guess it's relative. But, yeah, no, 60 degrees? Oh, man, I'd die <laughs> for the first 60 degrees of the spring. That's like, that's like a holiday. <laughs> what can I well, say? I have to suffer okay. 60 degrees. Okay, well. Well, Fred, thank you for sharing so much good information. Uh, <laughs> you you won the championship, and it's 140 Degrees below zero. Thank y'all. <laughs> Thank y'all. This is real winter, yeah. Not true. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> You're giving me the shivers. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Well, okay, so you have yourself a good week and report if it arrived because I've ordered one. If it arrived okay. because you ordered one. Okay. I ordered a good week for you, and when you call next week, you're going to tell me whether or not it arrived. Well, I hope it does, because I, I like good weeks. Okay. Okay? All right, Fred. Okay. Okay. You guys have a good night. You too. Thank you. Thanks, Fred. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. If you had a good week or a bad week, you can give us a call. At seven one four five four five, and anything in the middle. <laughs> oh, Walden, you are so funny. Oh, I need some giggles today. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. I don't want to try to give you enough giggles today. Let's oh, see. you you do a good job of that. I'm glad. I I just can I. I just can't imagine you not be not having a smile on your face. Oh, I've got one. Yes. Can you hear it? Yes. Oh, there, there you go again. There you go again. Uh. I wish I had asked Rich Little to listen to your clip clop. <laughs> Maybe I didn't know that you clip clopped so well by then. Did I know it then? Sure, I did. You must have. And, and and Paul Carnegie, yeah, 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 I should have asked him. Yeah. Did you do that? Did I ask him? Not yet. I didn't ask you to do your clip-clop, did you? Not did yet. I? Not yet. No. I was going to if we had time at the if end. we had time. But we didn't even get to the end. No, we never did. No. I'm glad he said something, though. Yeah. Number one, I don't know. Number two, I've got to go. <laughs> 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 that was really good. <laughs> that 
was good. We're talking about Paul Carnegie, a sound effects man, and I was so excited to be able to talk with a sound effects man. You've heard me talk all the time or repeatedly. How wonderful I thought the sound effects men were, and there were some women in the business, but not very many, um, and how much they contributed to the richness and texture of a show. Without them, it would have been so dull and so many. But we had a chance to talk with him, and Walden recorded it. And when do you think it might play, Walden? March 18th is what I'm planning on. March 18th. Yeah. Okay. That's what I'm planning. Okay. Hello. Right. Yeah, on air. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. How are you? Pretty good. Good, Paul. Had a good, nice dinner just now. What did you have for dinner? I had a pasta dish, so the ones that look like uh, kind of like little conch shells. Okay. Oh, okay. I know which ones. And spinach. Ooh. And I went back for seconds on the pasta. Ooh. Really wanted a whole bunch of spinach. So, are, so, so are you are you a cousin of Popeye? Yes. Yes. Okay. That makes um, sense. I'm all for it. You're all for Popeye. Yes, I am. We're planning this year. Uh, this, I... We're planning this summer to have a show on Popeye. So. Oh, everybody! Oh, really? who, everybody who loves spinach, stand, stay tuned on a future Friday night show because Donnie Pickford knows Popeye, so we're gonna get Popeye on oh, the show. Oh, that's cool! Great. Yeah. Oh, that is great. I have a question for you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Where did you learn the pronunciation of conch? Pardon me. What the, did, you said like conch shells? Mm-hmm. Everybody calls it conch. And you said it correctly. Where did you pick up the correct pronunciation of that? You don't have conch shells out there, do you? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, yeah, we've got them here. Maybe, maybe seeing spelling, but um, I thought that's what I usually hear. Maybe we speak. Maybe we maybe we speak correctly in the West Coast, Patricia. I beg your pardon. Okay. Yes, it's spelled C-O-N-C-H, so the natural tendency is to say conch, but the okay. actual pronunciation is conch. It's one of those really unusual words, and I've never heard anybody say it correctly. You oh, get a really? gold star. Yeah, you get a gold star. Wow. Well, that's yeah. probably quite by accident. Well, you, your accident was... Good. Correct one. Huh? <laughs> now, you didn't have to file an insurance claim. Now, but, uh, Patricia, could you pronounce a word for me? I doubt it, but I'll try. Uh, I'll spell it for you. Okay. S U R E. Pronounce it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't explained that for a long time, so people might not remember that being a New Yorker and you know, you pick up pronunciations that you really shouldn't have. And I did really well until I got to two words. One was sure, and the other one was what? Sure, of course, that's it. And it would come out sure and of course. And I just, I, now I'm going to be saying that, Walton. Look what you made me do. So it took a long time for me to figure out a way to form the correct sound so I, I kind of slide over sure or sure or but it's not sure that's for sure <laughs> and I can say finally of course I don't have to say of course 
So those are the only two words, I think, that gave me such a hard time to get the, you know, the harsh sound out of those words. So it was harsh that, to my so, ears so, anyway. So, so have it would have been, so have, been interesting to hear uh, your strong New York accident, accent when you were a kid. Not particularly strong, no, but certainly particular words that were part of the New York vocabulary. My brother sounded like he worked on the on the waterfront. <laughs> you know? Yeah, he, it, it was really odd. I, I think it was a put on when he was a kid, and it just never left him because that's what he spoke. He spoke that language when he was growing up. So My what brother sounds sound like that today? Way. I beg your pardon. Is that what he sounds like today? No, he died a couple of years ago. But he he sounded like that right up until, I mean, he just knew nothing else except that the New York style of talking. Okay, what about Barbara? I mean, can she say sure and of course? She's, uh, are you listening, Barb? (laughs) Give us a call. Yes, she she has a distinct New York flavor to her voice. Her particular words are very identifiable, but not not like my brother. Oh my goodness, he was well, just. Is he an older <laughs> brother? Wanted, he, yes, uh-huh. yes. Uh, I just wanted to hold my ears. <laughs> ooh, 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 what that's did so he harsh. Hmm? What did he die of, Patricia? Diabetic complications. Yes, he was. What? Sorry. Never took care of himself. Hmm? Did you say heart? No, diabetic complications. Oh. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, he he wasn't a very good patient, but Hmm. he got a lot of enjoyment out of his life. So, I don't know, sometimes there's a trade-off. How old was Uh, he when he died? Was he like 79? Was he like 86? 112, yeah. 112, yeah. Okay. Well, Patricia, when you sign the baseball bats, you put Patricia and stuff like that there. Very good. Oh, 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 that's great. Thank you. You're welcome. That's a great one. Oh, dear whoever and stuff like that there, (laughs) Patricia. (laughs) And then I could just leave them with the... um, what, what is it, the Louis, Louisville Slugger? Louisville Slugger. Uh-huh. Louisville yeah. yeah, the Slugger. I could just leave a whole bunch of them for sale, and I would get a commission on it, and it could go to everybody because it says, Dear Whoever. And you could, you could have low numbers. It has 01, 02, 03. Oh, uh, limited edition. Yes, yes limited yeah. edition. This is great. The first, limited, the first 10 million people, you know, something like that. Yeah, yeah, make sure you keep the record so there can be, um, the, what and, do you call it, the provenance? Can yeah, and then boost. Patricia can issue a, a certificate of authenticity. That's another <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Compare the signatures. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. That's fun. Thank you, Paul. That's a great idea. Are this is welcome. Paul from California, by the way. And um, he is one of our faithful listeners. You are so faithful. Are <laughs> If I understood right, because I only um, woke up about an hour ago. Not so faithful. Were you bringing black history to the front? Yes. Yes, yes, I was, and I'm so ashamed that I let all of February go without recognizing it, and so I'm 
trying to redeem myself and catch up with some black history, and, and it's just wonderful. Well, I have a friend who is now a professor in chemistry mm-hmm. at a university, and we we met quite by accident. I had a stereo put in my, I had a Dawson 280Z, and I had him put a whole stereo system in there, and he was uh, standing right there by me when I was signing my check, <laughs> and he saw my address it was on the same street where he was renting a room at the time and uh he he came down the street you know like the next day or so and we talked and uh we became fast friends and we're there for each other we were both um suffering from depression at the time and uh, I was working swing shift and I would come home and uh, walk down the street and knock on the window right near the front door because that was his bedroom and uh, he'd open it up and I'd I'd come in there and uh, sit on the edge of his bed and talk with him or he would uh, go back out of the kitchen and make me a dinner (laughs) and just became really good friends. He was in my wedding. How about that? He was from Mississippi. Uh-huh. And um, he ha- he has seen hard times and bad times. Yeah. And um, um, I have a, a, another little story of a lady who I think um, – She's she's important to me and to many others is um, Mrs. Matilda Fontanet. Oh, hang on, an alarm is going. All right, uh, this is Yesterday USA. We're the home of sound effects. We can do horse. <laughs> That's right. You can do a horse. Oh, did you hear that? Yep, uh, we heard your oh, buzz. Yes, we do. I'm I'm okay. We're, we're the home of sound effects. I'm demonstrating here for my. Patricia, do the, do the sound effect. Give me something. What What do I do well? Do, do, give me oh, a, I purr. Yeah, give me I a purr. I can purr. Give me a purr. Very good. And Fred, yeah. ha- and Fred just did a, and Paul just did an alarm. So, see? Back to Paul. So, go right here to, to Matilda. What was her Matilda Fontanet. Okay. Uh, in Oakland. I had older sisters that went to schools in Oakland Mm -hmm. and I remember being at some kind of function gosh I'm hearing an echo in my ear Um, uh, some kind of function where my mom uh, introduced herself to Matilda and they spoke and found out you know we each had kids and uh, I I know my mom's purpose would be uh, okay. Let's she's always in support of the black people and their plight and all, and so they decided it would be good if our our kids uh, that would be my my brother a year older than me and then my younger sister four years younger if if we would get get paired up with kids of the same age in her family. And so we swapped um, times of going to each other's homes 
you know, for like weekends at a time. In fact, I, I have a cast iron bathtub that used to be in their house that's in my backyard now, sitting up on wooden blocks that uh, would fill up with water in the summertime to get in. From, from oh, that's cool. <laughs> actually, the weekend of her funeral that, that I went to uh, with my wife and then to their house afterwards, and uh, we actually cooked a bunch of French fries like she would often do uh, for us. And I was in the backyard, and, and I saw this old cast iron bathtub there, partially filled with water, and then my buddy Charles came out, and he said, oh, you, that's right, you, you white folks like um, the old things like that, and we just happy with a new, newer bathtub, you know. And uh, this was shortly after that earthquake in 89. Mm. Oh, yeah. And um, it was, they live right near that cypress structure that collapsed. Um, I don't know if you remember, Patricia, uh, the cypress structure that, that collapsed. It, it, I mean, is this the one where the highways collapsed and squashed yes. cars? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I remember that. Other. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, that that's actually uh, exit we would have taken there was the cypress. And um, mm-hmm. he, he was saying, oh, I can probably get you six of these things from these houses that have been wrecked, you know. But I was just happy with the one, and um, I'm still in touch with them. I, I, I was supposed to go, but didn't make it to their, uh, what do they call it, their, um, let's see what I call it, um, Font, Font Family Gathering, something like that. That they started and, like a family and uh, reunion kind of thing, huh? Have this big barbecue picnic. Ah, okay. I'll be shooting for next year. Mm-hmm. So. Such a great any, story. Anyway, Which, Matilda, she was such a sweet, sweet lady. Oh man, I love her. And I, I re, I found out that. Uh, my my friends Charles told me, Paul, you know the the the, the very same um, church and um, little hall that we used to go to there on Sunday. The the next day, you know, the Black Panthers would be serving food for the uh, community right there. And I wasn't aware of that till he told me. Oh. Yep. Great stories, Paul. Yeah, Great it's, it's, oh, this this poor family, ooh, before I knew them, I don't know how many kids in total she would have had, but a large number, because five of them drowned, <gasps> and was, one was drowning, you know, and probably like the, the oldest one would go in after them and I guess they didn't swim or swim well at all and uh, you know other ones would go in to rescue them and they all oh so this was five children at one time yes oh extreme tragedy oh my I know oh my god I, I just oh my yeah 
I don't know how don't a mother know. or a parent survives something like that. I just don't know. Right. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And, and considering that she still loves kids, even going through that whole routine of her life, that's just too remarkable. Yes, it is. Remarkable uh, testament of I, her will. I lost an older sister right. to a bicycle accident, and that is just so traumatic to me. It affects me to this day. Mm-hmm. To lose five? Oh. Yes, it's, it's a testimony to how strong her... Um, Constitution was that, that mm-hmm. she was uh, such a great lady and able to function at such a high capacity. Well, I was just thinking my great grandmother, my on my mom's side, she outlived three of her five kids. Um, oh man! You know, I mean, uh, think about Lincoln. He he outlived three of his five kids. I mean, it's just uh, mm-hmm. it's both not. Yeah, that. that's the worst nightmare. It's both not to happen. It's both not to happen that way. But no. the one that happened to the p- parents of losing kids, it's got to be the hardest thing to go through in life. It just got agree. to be. I agree because uh, that's one of my biggest fears is mm-hmm. because of that, because of losing my sister and knowing how it's not always the other guy. Uh, I'm very aware of it. I mean, I had to stop my father as he was about to go out the front door in a stupor. He was just in grief that had him so far over the edge that he he wasn't functioning right. I, I don't know where he was planning on going, but he didn't need to go out the front door. affect them 
still awake. I mean, this is one instance that I saw where the patient's still awake, and these doctors are very carefully probing the boundaries while they're talking to them so they could find out if they start to slur their words or don't make sense and then say, okay, that's, that's as far as we can go this way. And to do that all around the area that they plan on removing a tumor or something like that so it don't cause further damage. What steady hands, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So I worked with um, another black man who lived in Oakland, and he is old enough that that he actually picked cotton, and one of his uh, immediate relatives was a slave. I went and met Charlie Pride one time. I got invited. Did got, you really? Yeah, and I got invited. Oh, wow. And, and I remember reading his little bi- biography before the show. He, he picked cotton. And Did he? Yeah. Wow. But, uh, I mean, in fact, is Charlie Pride, I mean, I'm ignorant. Is, there, is he a white country singer? No, he was black. No. He was like the very first big black of the early 70s. Okay. And he played he played some Miley Ball, he picked cotton, and had such a beautiful singing voice and I uh, we should try to Google up Charlie Pride, see what he's doing. Maybe we can have him on the show. Google who was a machinist that I worked with, he would go to schools in Oakland and talk to the kids, and they wouldn't believe him that that he picked cotton. (laughs) Yeah, or, oh, let me see. His immediate relatives were actually sharecroppers. I think I got that wrong as far as the slaves go. But he does have slave relatives. But I think it was the sharecropping where he picked the cotton. Look at that, he's on tour. How about that? Charlie must be almost mid-70s by now. I, I would think so. Um, I'll have to go to one of the bio pages, but mm-hmm. the block of information that you get frequently when you put in a person's name, he's been married to his wife since 1956. How about that? Oh, so, man. So, I mean, I just, and he always, kiss an angel good morning. Yes, great song. Yep. All I have to offer is me. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and he's got such a great voice. Oh, my goodness. Let's see. Charlie Pride's career. I'm going to have to look into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't heard his name for a long time. I know. It was 74 with a big era. Early 70s with a big part of his career. And okay. Throughout the 70s, he continued the upper regions of the country charts going to take a little bit longer was a number one. She's too good to be true, a shoulder to cry on, then who am I? Whew, look at these. All up on the charts. All up on the charts. Um, I have to find his birthday. Hold on. Wouldn't you think a biography would give his birthday? You would think so. IMDB. That will do it. You know there's a movement among performers and especially movie performers mm-hmm. who are demanding that IMDB take their 
birthdays down. They don't want anybody to know how old they are. <laughs> oh, I, boy, I, I, you know, I don't get that. Well, well some of them, well, yeah, I, well, Walton I, knows better than I tell him. A lot of people think in the entertainment that if they hold age against you, you know, they, 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 it's the old theory. They want you to have 25 years experience but only be 21 years old. They want you to have all the experience mm-hmm. and to be a sure. young. And be <laughs> <laughs> when you go apply for a job, somebody says, well, we want someone who's more experienced. And the answer is, how am I going to get it if you don't hire me? <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Yes, he was born... 1938. So that would make him how old, Walt? In my that, math, that, that would make him 79 this year. And he's oh. out on tour. That's awesome. So out on tour. Can we find a contact? We can, can we send a little email to Charlie? I mean, hey Charlie, we'd love Boy. to have you. Indeed, we are just branching well, out in the entertainment world one. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me Go show ahead, you Paul. another one. My my sister who who's dead. She shortly before she got killed, she gave me an album of Taj Mahal, and he's a black singer, and and he's an icon. He is awesome. That would be so good to have him. If you aren't familiar with him, no, I'm not. Oh, check him out. Okay. Uh, she she gave me a two album set, and she says. I don't know if you'll like this now, but if you don't, when you get older, you will. Huh. And But I did like it immediately. But, uh, she, she's right. And um, when, when I did searches about him, I, I was surprised at how he is still playing out there. And I found videos of him on that island down there. What is that? Catalina Island right. where he had right. performed down there. Right. That's the first time I saw him in a video. I've never heard of him. Okay. He would have such an awesome career to speak of. About a week ago, I dropped a note to Harry Belafonte. I would love to have him on the show talking about another wonderful black performer. Yeah. Yep. We were a good friend of Herb Jeffries, who was the first big black cowboy western star and he made it to 100 years old and he was a renaissance man i mean that he we used to have him on the station several times over the years and terrific terrific person i'm going to expose myself in this please (laughs) renaissance man yes i mean to me like isn't renaissance is bringing something back but but it doesn't make sense to me when people say it. So what exactly is a Renaissance, Renaissance man? man? Well, that's a great question, Paul. I in my mind, I always thought of it as somebody who multifaceted had a, had a gifted in more than one area and could mm-hmm. and could be and could verbalize and talk on many topics. In my mind, that's and a Renaissance man. Yeah, and also continues to introduce. But, for example, when we went into the Renaissance period, we had uh, Michelangelo. We had uh, all of the artists who were involved, yeah, who were bringing new dimensions. That's a great word. Bringing new dimensions to artwork. It was like coming out of the dark ages into this 
brilliant light where people were, were oh, holding dear. on to new concepts and, and doing so many things within their lives that their ancestors could never do because of the oppression or social mores at the time. It, it was, so, it, I, I remember in school, they always counted the Renaissance period being in Italy in around the 9th century. Yes, and they, um, Verona and, and Tuscany and sure. And they always thought it was correlated to the uh, Patricia, the, the Dark Ages. Also, sort mm-hmm. of once the Blue Bonnet Plague, once we had a hand on the Blue Bonnet Plague, a lot of people thought that sort of helped spring the Renaissance period. Um, mm-hmm. just, just an interesting observation. So. Yeah. Yeah. Here's but one of the definitions, survival of art and literature it, under the influence uh, of classical models in the 14th and 16th centuries in particular. Culture and style of art and architecture develop. Oh, that's no, that's where we got the Palladian architecture and Palladian windows. How about that? Um, so, hmm? so the word avant-garde would apply to this also then? That's, now, that's a great question. Let me see. Um, I'm on guard. Yeah, I was just thinking about Michael. Tends Lynch. to Mike. let's see. I was thinking about Michael. People Lynch. introducing them, yeah. Experience and ideas, especially in the art or the people introducing them, works by artists of of the Russian avant-garde. How about that? Russian. So anyway, we are learning so much stuff tonight. Oh, I love to learn now, stuff. Now see, now I think Michael Angelo, yep. when he was painting the Six King Chapels. Mm-hmm. Was he on his back? What did they say? Three years? Yes, he was. He painted the ceiling on his back. And can you I, I, imagine? I, just, I can't imagine having the perspective that he, that he did in art in general. Never mind lying on his back and doing it. He he just he didn't believe he could do it. He was commissioned to do it, and he said, "I don't think I can do it." That he had to climb up. That's a good point, Paul. It's Every like day. metal ones that you can just yeah. snap together yeah. and, and go yeah. up and all they had, he had scaffolding all around so that he had a platform to lie on and work on. I, mean, <laughs> I don't want to fall out of it. Can you, how many feet is that? I don't know how high the feet high. on the Sistine Chapel is. Uh, also, I think, I think what they've been trying to do is restore it. Didn't, didn't they think? Uh, yes, they about? did because it, it was really interesting. Not only was it, I'll say it was damaged. It was decaying. You know, it wasn't destroyed or anything, but it had been fogged over and blackened because of the centuries of candles that had burned in the chapel. Ah. Oh. And yeah, they went in and they cleaned it up, and then they went in and cleaned off the second layer of paint. That Puritans, and I mean Puritans not in the religious sense, but people who favor purity, um, they had painted things like fig leaves over David because they didn't want him exposed. He had Michelangelo had nude figures up there, and it represented people's vulnerability because they were unprotected and they had to rely on God for their their substance and sustenance, and. so a couple of centuries ago, then there were people up there with paintbrushes, and they painted over so many of the figures. And so the artists who were commissioned to clean up the um, this, the, the entire Good. Sistine Chapel, all of the paintings, because it was all affected, um, and they went up and they cleaned off the second layers of paint. 
So what's there now, and it was a huge job, what's there now actually represents what Michelangelo did. Wow. I mean, it's it's just incredible what people will do to works of art. (laughs) Yes, yes. You know, if you think about it, um, in in churches, you know, they burn uh, like I believe it's a hundred percent beeswax candles. Mm-hmm. Now they I do. Can You're just absolutely imagine, right. Imagine uh, what that soot buildup from all the years would be on mm-hmm. there. Yes, and, the, and you're right. Beeswax plaster. burns much cleaner, but you still have the wicks in there. So. Do you do you know if it's actually painted on a plaster, or or what the ceilings are made out of? I do not know what the um, the canvas, for lack of a better word. I don't know what it is. So you just keep asking the questions, and when we're all finished with questions, I'll go look up the Sistine Chapel. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you know, if you think about that, those are pretty big expanses. And makes me wonder, you know, how much wood is involved, or or did they actually fit, you know, stones together mm-hmm. where they held themselves up because of the angles, like they do with okay. Arch Bridge. That's enough to look up. How high is <laughs> <laughs> how high is the ceiling? Uh, it's interesting to study the Renaissance period. It's how many of some of the great artists and people all were about the same time. Leo da Vinci was, it was during the same time as Michelangelo. It's amazing how many the Germans were all that during that time period were, you know, working under their expertise. I mean, yes, and if I'm remembering correctly, uh, Michael da Vinci would actually work with cadavers to to be able to learn what the different organs are like and uh, uh, mus- muscular and tendons in there that he would draw. He would have to, um, you know, snag a cadaver from somewhere and work privately because it would be considered so apparent for him to do so. I, I know if you look at a lot of his drawings, we think a lot of the modern thinking of, of tanks and different things all sort of came from his creative mind, you know, the different weapons of war. Yes, I actually saw a program where they would take one of his ideas and actually build it to see if it worked, mm-hmm. like a gigantic crossbow. Yeah. Answer number one. Well, yeah, was, what do you got? 68 feet high. That's six stories, wow. guys. Wow. I don't want to fall off the ladder. 68 feet up. 68 feet. Now, let's see about the so my architecture question is, and the texture. My, my question is, do, does he pack a lunch when he goes up there? I'll leave does it to what? Walden. <laughs> does he pack a lunch when he goes up there? Oh. <laughs> well, leave it to Walden. Southern wall, northern wall, eastern wall. Something to, you know, tie it on to. Yeah, it'd be tough to have a bathroom break when you're 68 feet up, you know? I mean... And you're scared enough to death and working at the same time. Yeah. 
Hey guys, I need to come down for my, for my lunch break down <laughs> there. Oops. Mm-hmm. So are, are you looking for what yeah. is this? The material, huh? The chapel roof. Yes. Yes, uh, what is what is well, now, what the architecture when, when called for? Yeah. When I taught the sixteen chapel, is it because of sixteen chapels on the ceiling, or is it sixteen chapel in the no, foundation? No, it's, it's um, it's called Sistine, S-I-S-T-I-N-E. Ah, okay. So it, it's a different word. It sounds the same, but yeah, a different word. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh! Look at that. Ah, oh, ah. Oh. Oh dear! Oh my You've gosh! You've seen photos of it. Yep. So I'm looking at one, and it's taken. It's almost a tunnel, uh, and it's and it's built in. It, it's a round top rectangle. Is the best I can do, but looking straight on to the altar with the ceiling showing, and the artwork on the way. Oh my gosh! I I, I just. Which pope would have thought to paint? the ceiling like that it was a commission he was commissioned to do that he didn't jump up and say i, I, I can think, do this you know, to think about a lot of those guys were all had, were patrons they had somebody very wealthy that sponsored them you know, you know yes uh, or, or, mm, i think you can look at history book and see who yeah. their patrons were to help yes do things in the church and and the different leaders and stuff if i remember right there was a quite political that um, he has surrounding him, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. sculptures that they would make, and this is yesterday USA. We are hearing Patricia do her tip. And uh, Patricia, the site was designed. How long did it take? <laughs> What year? Do Do you want to know how long it took? Sure. Yeah. Sure. And what year it started? I think it was fourteen years or something. Um. Let's see. He began work in fifteen oh eight. Okay. And he worked for four years. My oh, gosh, yeah. he must have worked fast. Seriously, I mean, can you imagine an artist doing that amount of work and that quality in four years today? I don't think so. Well, that that is mm-hmm. one of the most amazing so he might, are uh, able to do things. It makes like you that. wonder if he drew things out on the floor before before he went up there or just decided, oh, I'll put a little paint here, a little do that here, and we'll see how it comes I'm, out. I, I was I, just I think thinking he did of it. that. He probably <laughs> I think he had, did it by himself. Uh, he's the, he's the artist. When, when someone asked him how he managed to create the marble work that he did, like the Pieta, and his answer was, well, I look at it, <clears throat> and I know what's in there, and I just take off all the extras. That's right. He meant it. It, it was like he had this vision of what was inside that piece of marble, and mm-hmm. he would just cut away the extra. Unreal. Unreal. When I think of those marble things, I think, you know, you have to remove all of that, and, and they have a finger to do. And it would be so, so easy to snap off those protruding, delicate things. There's just not that mm-hmm. much material. Yeah. Someone, I, I, it may have been in the World's Fair here. 
I don't think so. It must have been in another country. The, the Pietro was on tour, and some nut bar attacked it with a hammer and broke some of the of the statue and it was professionally repaired but it just broke hearts it broke my heart to know that something that precious and that wonderful with that much history could be damaged by a kook i i, yeah. I don't know maybe I, I, that's a terrible thing to say the man had to have been sick you know had a, a, a true illness to want to destroy a piece of art like that um and i, I should not have called him a kook but it it was really upsetting to a lot of people, and me included. You can, well, you could say he had a cookie moment. How's that? It could even be jealousy. There you go. He had he had a moment. Yes, yeah. he was out of touch for that moment. For that moment. And it might have been longer, but that was you know, the apex of his. <clears throat> being technical, uh, I would love to find out um, just how exactly they work beyond the chisel and hammer stage mm-hmm. to get mm-hmm. to get the very smooth you yes. know surfaces that they had uh, did they were they aware of and did they have the uh, capability of having diamond yeah. dust or and the, and the materials or, pardon me they 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 had things like chisels i guess but how do you make that kind of a finish it, it just Perfect. Yeah. It's like you know, people talk about the perfect um, complexion. They had the perfect complexion, and you're right; it had to be polished and worked yes. uh, after so the, the major chiseling. But I don't know how it was done. Mm, so I don't know yet, and I'm going to stop looking about the building materials. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, I'll find it or come across you it, will. but I'm stopping. I resign from my position for the moment mm-hmm. as the great researcher. Well, you got my question to give me, so, you know, maybe that's, yes, what, I we'll, do. that's what we're going to do. So. Yes, I do, and yeah. I have all of them today. Hooray! Yeah, I know. Cool. So this is going to be at least a half an hour track. That's good. Paul, thank you for okay, giving us a will, call. I will free you up and, and we'll, say that I'm glad I got in oh, we and... Did, and Glad thank- that I'm able to hear the questions tonight. Good, and thank you for barking some good topics tonight. You, thank you for doing that, Paul. Oh, you're welcome. You and I love you guys so much. Same here, Paul. Take care. And I love the family. It's a you good family. You guys all mean so much to me. Thank you, Paul. Mm-hmm. Get some sweet. And, okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, it is Q&A time with Patricia. <laughs> yes, it is. So, family, or we're just we're gonna get we're gonna be Patricia and I the rest of the way because she got stuff to say, stuff to do, and stuff to tell me. I do so, and, and maybe all. next week I will continue with some of the remarkable people. Yeah, you know, and and it's late. It's March. It's not February. Gonna, and, no, 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 uh, no, no, History no. month. Uh, on yesterday, USA, we will adopt the month a month of March as our salute to our black American heroes. Yeah. Well, you know, this it, it's something that doesn't rely on a month. It's just like a tickler note that people should well, pay attention and, and do some research well, and recognize who the the magnificent contributors to what we know today. I mean, without them, we just wouldn't be who and what we are. And hey, so, and family, this is your homework project. 
you know, I'm used to giving it to Patricia, but I'm going to give it out to everybody else. If you have a nomination for Patricia for a Black Heroes of the Month of March, drop her an email at floridawriter at hotmail.com. She'll be happy to put a particular file together, and we can continue the discussion next Saturday. So drop her an email at floridawriter at hotmail.com. This is one of the times the word we is quite acceptable. <laughs> Walden tends to use the word we, and I say, um, who's we? <laughs> He'll say, oh, you and I are we. And I say, nobody told me. And he says, I just did. Yeah. And then stuff like that there. That's true. We, yeah. go, we, go, to okay. get, we go to go like ham and eggs, like, like, uh, Peanut butter and jelly, butter. like um, yeah, and 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 toast and butter and, and pancakes and syrup and, and Walden and Patricia yeah. and <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. There. Okay, we have got for Walden tonight. We have Stump Walden, a brain teaser, a colonial question. Oh my goodness, I have a whole collection of colonial stuff for you. I won't have to work on that next week. And we've got um, your presidential quote, your first lady question or quote, presidential question, baseball question, and your geography question. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Well, what 100 are going to be 50 categories, you know, take most of the shows. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say you can call in for the last 10 minutes. We'll let you know when. <laughs> Oh, or you've got 12 minutes before we get to our questions. Go, now. Go. <laughs> or, I promise not to or, do that. Or or we'll get, bring everybody along. Okay, everybody call. What category you want to pick, help Walden out with? We can only play that game, too, you know? We can play our version of what, what they call it, Jeopardy. Okay. What caller, what oh, category? What I category? have to give the answers. I, yeah, I have to give the answers, and then you have to give me the questions. But if I give you the answers... It's not going to work here. We have to come up with we have to come up with our version of yes, um, yes. You're at risk or something like that. Hollywood squares. We can call it our version of Hollywood squares or something. We can call them Costa Mesa squares. <laughs> <laughs> and then the next week we'll have Fort Myers squares, and then we'll just have squares. We'll have your old Fred. You know, good old Fred. Oh, Fred, you're a hoot. You are Fred. You are a hoot. I'm so glad you called late enough that nobody noticed. <laughs> <laughs> They're too sleepy to recognize what falls out. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, ain't, ain't there are our, some things that are... Ain't our family has... Ain't, ain't we have a few characters in our family? You know, kids have few. <laughs> I think 98%. They are. Yeah. It, has, it has to be a character to qualify to be a member of the family, and that's why we have such a wide spectrum. This is correct. And you can show up with any kind of a question. I am really, I'm either proud of myself or or ashamed of myself. <laughs> I contribute. I don't know what. <laughs> you guys were talking S-words, and I'm, I'm saying, and what did Pete Rose get? <laughs> I am sitting here. Um, talking S words. <laughs> well, see, you're becoming you are becoming a Renaissance woman. Just, no, I don't yep. wanna. <laughs> 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 Bless you. 
Please don't make me do it. No, no. Adorable. Yeah. Every week. Yes. For many, many, many years. Yes. How many? No, don't say that. What? Well, how long? What, 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 what? How long have we had baseball category as part of our curriculum? You've been delving. Oh, gee. You've been, That's a great question. I don't know. You've been delving I into. I think maybe three years, two years. You've been delving into the sports field every week. I know. Painful, you know. It's called true love. That's what it called. <laughs> <laughs> is that what it is? <laughs> well, it's Renaissance love. <laughs> oh, gee. Oh, Patricia. Oh, God. Oh, Patricia. Okay, I what would you like to I hope everybody enjoyed our interview last week with Loretta Swift. And, yeah, she could tell that we liked each other. No really problem. good. And I've been playing in my head with the question that she gave me. Uh-huh. She, she wants to start a perfume line uh-huh. and is looking for a question. And I have to shape my answer correctly. But the one question I should have asked her is, what is your target market? Because that's going to make a huge difference on the name that you give the product. I want fans of MASH, my target market. What do you think? I, I think we would lose an entire generation of customers. So that's why I'm asking, who, who, who does she want to buy this, or who does she think is going to buy this, and how does she know that? You know, she, she really needs a marketing plan on this thing. I mean, if she's serious about it and, and not just doing a dilettante-type thing and giving it a broad brush, I, I think she's very serious about it. She sounds like a person who doesn't start anything unless she wants to finish it. So I'm, I'm really playing around in my head with different names for her to consider or maybe tickle a, a name that appeals to her. But I need more information. So, Loretta, if you like to hire Patricia Services for Marketing Strategy 101, we we can <laughs> we, we can talk business, you know. I am sure she has marketing people in her <laughs> life, and it's not a question. But making best use of them would help her in her drive for success on this product. So we'll see, we'll see, and and it's not out of my head. I just you know I wake up in the morning and say. That name is not going to work for this particular product. It just won't. And my job is to come up with some suggestions, but I need some more information before I do that. So, so, so what's the right title? Well, I don't know yet. Oh. Uh, if, if you're selling to the, um, the upcoming generation of 20 to 28-year-olds, say, it's going to be a lot different spin on the name of the product if you are marketing to 50 to 70. Oh, I guess what appeals I, to a 20-year-old is not going to appeal to a 60-year-old. I get thought of a crazy solution. Right, right, Would this even be ethical? What? Could you have the same product, make the same perfume? Yeah. And call it different names, so that way the 20 to 28-year-olds, the same product, they call it one brand of marketing, and then you use the same product for 50 and above. 
and you call it a different name and a different brand. With with a different a different product name. Uh-huh. That's an interesting concept. I don't know. They do it with books. Originally published under this particular title. Oh, I don't know why you couldn't. Okay. That's really interesting. I I don't know of any reason why you could not. What a smart rabbit you are. Oh, well, I I I've been trained by the best. And I have to come up with two names. <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling with one. Oh, gee. Oh, gee. You know what What concerns me is that, well, I, I mean, this is marketing. <laughs> this is hardly, hardly not. It's hardly old-time radio. But um, what concerns me is that her original thought is to use her name on the label of the product. And realistically, no matter how many million people watched MASH, a whole bunch of them didn't, and a whole bunch of them don't have a clue what you're talking about. You look at a 20-year-old and say, what is MASH? And they'll say potatoes. It, you know, it, it's um, you, 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 can't, you can't use a, a dated anything. Well, but maybe she figured her brand is associated to the, her fan base makes you think her fan base big enough to buy a perfume wine. Yeah, and and what I'm suggesting is that her fan base is probably not as large as she thinks it is. At this stage, I mean, the, the, the you know, in in oh, let's say the 50s, not the 50s, the 60s and 70s, it would have worked because people knew who she was. But there's a whole couple of generations coming up behind that even though MASH is presented as reruns universally, I mean, they're all over the place, that does not necessarily mean that new people are watching the show and will probably not be familiar with it. They would be familiar with Hot Lips more than they would be familiar with her, her name. So those are the kinds of things that marketing has to take into consideration, whether or not people will recognize what you're trying to give them. And, I mean, it, it, it's, it really is a puddle of questions that have to be answered before a good suggestion for product names comes up. Here's a thought. The end. What? May I add, to, may I have, add an appendix to your to the very, 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 very long, unnecessary explanation. Yes, what? Sure. How many cosmetic products that have branded themselves as a celebrity that's not outside of the perfume arena have been successful? I can only think of one. And which one is that? Elizabeth Taylor, White Diamond. That's still but on her the, name isn't on it. But that's, that's uh, true. But that was that was where that's where the product came from. You know, that's mm-hmm. where the line came from. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking everything else, Elizabeth Claiborne, all those others, was somebody mm-hmm. in the cosmetic field. Yeah, I, I, her name just hopped out of my head, and I saw something about her today. Um, Martha Stewart. Yes. Martha Stewart has a line of home items such as sheets and right. shower curtains right. and it is labeled Martha Stewart. Now, she's the only one that I can come up with, but I, I know there are others out there. But it, it it's not 
it's not an abbreviation. It's not a. Um, it, well, it's not Stewart materials. Yeah. It's not Martha materials. It's Martha Stewart. So, I, well, I, I you think, know, and that doesn't. Go ahead. I think in the food plot is the one that stands out to me. Is Paul Newman? That's that's been a very successful salad very, dressing. Very. And Jimmy Dean. There you go. Yes. But she's not selling hamburgers or sausage. Oh, gosh, I don't know. So I, anyway, I have to put some, some additional thought into this, and I'm, I'm just banging into walls, so I'm going to have to ask some questions first sure. before I can give her my thoughts. Perfect. How about that? Brilliant. Brilliant reasoning from Patricia. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> that's funny. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, that's that's my story, and I'm I'm happy with it. We'll take it. We'll take it. What do you want? <laughs> <laughs> a geography, baseball, colonial. What would you like? I would like my baseball question first. Ooh, ooh, ooh! I I would love this. She, okay. She's jumping <sighs> up and down. That's good. I am so. I am so. There were two really dynamite baseball players who ended their careers with precisely the same number of runs. Who were they? I think it's Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth. It is Hank Aaron and Babe Ruth. You are dynamite, kid. Okay, one for one. That's great. You know, I came across that and I said, oh, gee, even if he knows it, this is really a nifty piece of information. But you knew it and you are absolutely right. Okay, which Nick? What's the next one you want to get right? I'm rolling the dice tonight. I'm feeling hot. I I feel like I got the lucky streak going. Let's go with my geography question, my dear. Oh, I know you're going to get this one, and I hope that I'm asking it correctly. Okay, what are the La Brea? Tar, where are the La Brea tar pits located? In California. Besides California, be more specific. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm really, be more specific. Okay, well, I've been there. It's in the, it's in the Griffith Park area. Yeah. Um, and La Brea, and it's really, it's right near downtown L.A. And That's exactly it. Yeah. It's, it is, yes, it's known as L.A. as its location, but, of course, it branches out as so much. So that's two for two. Whew. Okay. Boy, I'm getting whipped tonight. What else? Let's see, let's go my colonial question, my dear. All right, your colonial question is, um, colonial question, hold on, the list is so long I have to <laughs> scroll down. Okay, Benjamin Franklin and Thomas Bond worked together to build America's first what? Uh, Paul, Rich, uh, Paul Richard's Almanac. Poor Richard. No, that that was strictly Ben Franklin's. Poor Richard's mm. Almanac. <laughs> no, that's uh, not the uh, answer. The, the stove. This is this is America's first something. American first library. Well, Ben Franklin did that, but no, th- these two people work together. And Thomas Bond does not get any remarkable credit for his part in this. Um, playing with cadavers. Does that require a response from me? <laughs> I, I think I think 
never mind. <laughs> oh, my gosh, you are hot tonight. Well, you know, actually, you probably aren't too far off base here. But um, go ahead, keep going. I'll give you two more. Um, playing with, with lightning. That was strictly Ben. Chasing after beautiful French girls. That was strictly Ben. <laughs> My goodness, he had. Did you know he wasn't married? I know he had a common law wife. That's exactly right. Yep, yep. And the mother of his children yep. did not get along with his son. His son was loyal to Britain. Right, I think he was and in that jail. Sort of created a little bit of a rift. I think I think the son was even tossed in jail. I I don't remember that. Uh, I'm sure, I believe you, but I I don't remember having read that. There was definitely a rift in, in between the two. Oh my goodness, yes. They they did not have a warm fuzzy relationship. So okay, one more try. What did they? Build America's first what? Printing press. What? Newspaper. Printing press. Um, oh, the printing was Gutenberg. Gee, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's not Gutenberg. I don't know, my dear. They built the country's first hospital. I, I thought about hospital, but I never thought about it with them, so that's very good. Yeah, when when you said cadaver, I thought, well, you know, that's a connection there. Um, Franklin was the one, however, of the pair who got the Pennsylvania Assembly to approve and help fund the hospital, and he did that by committing $2,000 of his own money. If it failed, that's what he would give them back, and that that's what prompted the assembly to approve the hospital, and it did get built. I don't know the name of it, though. Can't, I, I should have... Wasn't he also the one who came up with the fire department? I mean, he, well, think of his legacy. He did everything. Why not? Think, <laughs> you know? think of his legacy. The post office, the library, the hospital. Public schools. What an impact on society, Benjamin Franklin. Uh, I know, well, and he was only home half the time. The other time he was chasing women in France, <laughs> but he was—he was the French ambassador. His role in politics was amazing. Well, he, I don't I, think the man ever slept. I think he's the only one to sign both the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. He may have been. Yeah. I do believe there was only one, and it was Ben Franklin. Oh, Ben! What a remarkable man. Okay, what's next? Ooh. Uh, no, I don't have anything about a roof. Roof. <laughs> roof. Um, roof. My first lady, whatever. Whatever. You know, I had a really good first lady, and now, and I couldn't find it. It was just so great. And it's somewhere on the small computer. It was when this one went fussy. So anyway, um, who, which, which first lady initiated the annual Easter egg roll on the lawn of the White House. Let's see. Which one of her husband would they have a round head? Let me think. 
we're we're really stretching tonight, aren't we? Yes, I'm trying to get you to giggle. Um, okay. <laughs> does that does that satisfy the vision? Yes, yes, it does. Okay. All right. Let's go with good so old we, Eleanor Roosevelt. No, it wasn't. Interesting. I think that was it. That was probably. Oh, well, maybe not. Calvin Coolidge. No. Edith Wilson. No. Then I don't know, my dear. It was Lucy Hayes, Rutherford B. Hayes' wife. I never would have picked her for that. No, no, that's not something I would have thought about. No, no. She wasn't she Lemonade Lucy. She was the one yes. who refused to. Yes. Yeah. 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 No dancing on on the Sabbath, and no alcohol in the White House. Sounds like a pretty tough and cookie to me. Yeah, but then she started the Easter egg roll for the kids. So um, there's something else in her history that I'm not going to look up. <laughs> no, I'm looked up out. Fresh out. You see, okay, what's you, next? You done a double dipper this weekend, so that's why. Um, yeah. Yeah. My I didn't have to look anything up, though. You guys didn't make me do that. Well, you had to prepare for a couple of interviews yesterday. I know. So that was, that was looking stuff up. Oh, yes, it was. And I had a good time. It was really fun. I'm just not accustomed to researching two people for the same day. But I did it. You did it. I did good. You did it. Yeah. Okay, what's we got? What's we got? Presidential quote. Oh, good. Okay. All right, let's see. Your presidential quote. What did I do with that one? Um, presidential quote. Finish second. Finishing second in the Olympics gets you silver. Finishing second in politics gets you oblivion. Richard Nixon. It was. Oh, what made you pick it? That's really interesting. What made you pick? Oh, because of the California deal. Yeah, huh? I thought because he ran a couple of times. He ran as the runner-up a few times, so he would yeah. have a feel for that. Yeah, the governorship in California just put him down. I, mean, that, I think that probably is related to this particular quote. I don't have a date on it. Yeah, I don't have a date on it, but it sounds like something that would belong to losing the California governorship election. That's the one where he said you won't have Richard Nixon to push around anymore? To kick around anymore. Yeah, I'll kick around, that's right. 1960. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this one sounds pretty much like it. Okay, what, 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 what? Presidential question. Your presidential question. Uh, please, please, please. I want to make sure I have it. Oh, good, I do. Okay, there are two presidents buried in Arlington National Cemetery. Who are they? We have this one night. Yeah, John. John I, I, I gave it to you a different way. I know. But John Fitzgerald Kennedy. Right. And William Taft. Very good. You are so right. My gosh, I am. 
I'm getting pooped out here. Okay, what else? My brain teaser. Your brain teaser. We were talking about inventions for two weeks. Oh, I forgot. oh can I interrupt myself here? You, of course, your show. Okay. When my brother called this week, and <laughs> he always asked, "Well, how was the show on Saturday?" And he'll he'll always ask, "Well, what was the theme? What did you talk about?" So I told him about inventions, and that you know somebody had said the microwave, da 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 da, and you said fire, and I said that was disqualified because that was a discovery, not an invention. He said, "Okay, how about the match?" You got it. So you've got your fire. Very good. And I thought, wasn't that clever? Yeah, so that's from my brother. You need to ask him some ghost stars for that one. That's very good. I will I will do that and tell him that you appreciated yeah, absolutely. it. Absolutely. That lets you keep your fire. Fire, fire, fire. Fire, fire. fire, fire. <laughs> okay. You want your brain teaser. I do. Okay, so we we were talking about inventions. Which invention lets people look right through a wall? X-ray visions? <laughs> no, that's <laughs> Superman. Huh. This is Yesterday USA, and I'm trying to stump Walden, and I'm not doing very well at all tonight. Can you read that to me one more time? Okay, sure. Which invention lets people look right through a wall? A keyhole. <laughs> That's not a wall. <laughs> no. <laughs> but I guess if you squash down, you could look through it. But that's not the answer. I like oh, yours better. I have one. How about a window? What? A window. That's exactly right. I'm getting creamed tonight. Yes. That is what it is, a woo -hoo, window. Woo -hoo. Yeah. We're cooking. I'm uh, not sure. Is, is it an invention? I mean, no. people living in caves would probably have openings. Sure. Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. Well, that leaves your Stump Walden question. Let's do it. And this one is really a stinkeroo. I hope I get this one. <laughs> you know the most obscure things. Who played the judge in the program The Court of Human Relations. What was the actor's name? I think his name was John Barry. No. It's a name I never heard, which Jack, doesn't Jack, mean anything. Jack, Jack Barry? No. Maybe he was the inventor of the show. Um. He, was, he played the judge on the program. I don't know, my dear. I, I he is so obscure. I don't even know if I'm going to pronounce his name correctly. His first name was Percy, and his last name is Hemus. H E M U S. It could Probably. be Hemus or Hemus. I don't know how to pronounce it. Do you recognize the name? Nope, I do not. I would never gotten it. Yeah, I I told you that was a stinkeroo. So on a stinkeroo. <laughs> I gotcha. The hospital with Benjamin Franklin and a stinkeroo question with an answer nobody could possibly know. Now that, that really, you know, who would know Thomas Bond? So anyway, yes, you got two stinky questions, and the stinky questions you got wrong. You got everything else right. Not 
not bad. Oh, no, huh? you, you missed you, you missed haze. Yeah. Well, with the Easter egg. So that's okay. three out of how many do we hear? Eight. We do one, two, three, four, four five. five, six, seven, eight. Right? Does that sound right? That's the way I think. Four. Yeah. Four. Five, six, seven, eight. Yeah, because the geography question is down at the bottom. So you got <laughs> five out of eight. Oh, well, then I got creamed. No, you I didn't. I got creamed. No, you didn't. You, you did, did very well. You did very well. You did very well. Okay, you can have your gold star for tonight. Woohoo! Yeah. Woo-hoo. So are we ready? We're ready to go. We are ready to say good night. Patricia and, and I, everyone, uh, Patricia and I hmm? are going to be taking some time off tomorrow because she's not doing the show because she thinks it's Monday. And I know it's really Sunday, and so with family in town, I'm not too sure what the family plans are, so John and Lori will do the show tomorrow. So everybody, send Patricia an email this week so I know what day of the week it is. At Florida, <laughs> Tomorrow is Sunday. Week. Okay, uh, I got it. Now, you know what's helping here? What's that? My computer, and I don't know how, how yours works, uh-huh. but this wouldn't help you at all. My computer calendar when i open it i open it for a month not the year not a day i open it for a month and each day like today is now sunday because the clock turned over and it's highlighted in pink all the rest of the blocks are white so when i look there i will know it's sunday so i just have to remember to open my calendar and then i will be cool and oh we're recording this week holy cats Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, I have a lot of shows to work from. I just have to look up all the information Well, we, about can, always them. Do, we can always do that, too, you know, so it's, you know. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. That's not fair. That's not fair. I'll wait until Thursday morning <laughs> let you know. You know, actually, the longest time I spend on them is listening to and screening shows for Awful This. And so I've got all of that finished, because I have a lot of awful stuff already picked out. Now I just have to find information about them. Woohoo! Yeah. So, the end. The very, 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 very end, everybody. The very end. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for hanging with us. This was really a mixed-up show tonight. We we had late, we had Christmas. We, oh, no, it was the 75th anniversary with Fibber and Molly. So that was not Christmas. And then we had stuff and phone calls with lots of different things. I even talked S-words tonight. Uh, that's going to disturb me for a month. I contributed to the S-conversation. And for people who are tuning in late, it's sports. Painful to say the word, and there I was there in the middle was. of this ball. And, uh, I'll never get over this night. So, it is time to say goodnight. Walden will not be here tomorrow, yep. and John and Larry will. Yep. And I will be back on Saturday, yep. unless somebody drags me into the fray during the week. <laughs> and that means it's time to say goodnight, everybody. Thank Good you. Goodnight, everybody. We'll talk Good. to you next weekend. Goodnight, Good Walden.
Jaws Professional, Patricia from FL Home, Bill Bragg, Jim Taylor New Home, and Call Button. Enter. Edit. Type a message here. Tab. Send image but alt page down. Menu bar. Skype. Alt page down. Leaving menu bar. Send image. Alt tab. Skype trademark left. Alt page down. Windows M. Desk S. Sound for enter. User account Y. Sound for escape. Escape. Enter. Zero. Enter. Zero point oh. Menu A. Leaving menus. Save as dialog. File name colon. Sound one dot wav. Edit. S A T U R D A Y N I G A T F I R S T P C 3 4 1 7 W I T A P A T R I C I A Save a save but enter data window 0.022 seconds. Jaws Professional, Jaws Professional. Alt-Tab, Sound Forge Pro 11, Escape, Enter.